Hey, Chris. Hey, Joey. Hey, uh, so we're going to do this, you know, rewind, repeat for WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. Yes. And uh, like I said, I really wanted to do a repeat of this as opposed to just redoing it. Right. Not out of laziness, but because I really believe in these initial Mania reviews that we did. Mm -hmm. You did a great job on them, Chris, by the way. Oh, thanks, Joey. You did too, I'm sure. I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be blown away, I promise you this. You know, despite the, uh, we're using the old mic, so people, please forgive us, Mm -hmm. but... I think the show is good enough to hold it on its own for that, uh, you know, just for the quality of it sure. without putting ourselves over too much. But the reason I came in here to talk about the intro to this actual show, because it's a long one. We're going to get to it, I promise. Mm-hmm. But I did want to make a few notes since we recorded this episode. Okay. Uh, we have reviewed the wrestling classic, which I bring up. Oh, all right, yeah. So it's important to note that we've reviewed that show already. You've already yeah. heard it on cnjradio.com. Yes. Also... I mentioned the fact that Dallas had not received a WrestleMania yet. Oh, wow. Uh, since right. then, we have received it. Yeah, <laughs> so, <while> obviously, <laughs> as of WrestleMania 32. So, yeah, it's been a little while since yeah. we did this show. Uh, also, I mentioned about George Wells being the only African-American U.S. title holder, mm-hmm. which was true if you're talking about the San Francisco division of the NWA U.S. title. I had to dig for that oh, one. Wow. So, a bit of a nitpick. People yeah. probably wouldn't have caught it, but I just wanted to make a note of it. It's the internet, Joey. It Someone is, would have caught it. It is the internet. Also, as of this recording, and you can't take this away from either of them, mm-hmm. both Mr. T and Bruno San Martino are now in the WWE Hall oh, of Fame. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, also important to note. Yeah. And last but not least, Battle Royals are now pretty much a pretty big part of WrestleMania now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I talk about that during the NFL Battle Royal thing that they oh, did here yeah. at WrestleMania okay. 2. Mm-hmm. I said that they should do one every year at Mania, and I said they don't do them anymore. They listen to you. I, I, I guess they have. Maybe we actually had an effect on it. But that all being said, everybody out there listening, I think you're going to love this one. It's a stellar production. Actually, I think the sound quality is better than the Los Angeles booth for WrestleMania 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, I remember that being not good. Yeah, so sit back and enjoy this retro rewind WrestleMania house show. Enjoy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a moment that we have been awaiting here to sing America the Beautiful. Would you please welcome the great Rita! Macho men and macho madness. Showing in a new tool still. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. The animal now with a hand for the face. All right, George. Eat his leg. And mercy more than life. It's not my idea to be talking right before a big fight. I don't like to do a lot of talking. My fist's going to do the talking in the ring. Oh. So you say, Roddy, well, you're sitting there talking. I say this to you. I say, if Mr. T can knock me out in this fight right here, I would not only quit professional boxing, I would quit and retire professional wrestling, I would quit tiddlywinks, I would quit dating girls. Uh-oh. Oh, success. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know, when I was in school, Singing something like this. Listen here. Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show. 
Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. And my name is Chris. Well, Chris, it's time for WrestleMania 2. Yes. What the world has come what to. What the world has come to. <laughs> this is what it's come to. Uh, so, I guess a, a short backstory before we get started. It, uh, from what I've been led to believe, you know, obviously the first WrestleMania was a great success for pro wrestling, sports entertainment, Vince McMahon, and a lot of other people in general. Yes. Uh, people seem to like it. People actually paid to watch it at a theater. Right. So they figured, hey, WrestleMania 2. I think Bobby Heenan actually said he takes credit for that because he goes over to Vince McMahon at the first WrestleMania after party, yeah. which was at Tavern on the Green, I found out. This is how nerdy I am. I even know that. <laughs> but he goes right up to Vince. He goes, okay, what about the second one? Yeah. And, like, apparently he didn't even th- have that in his I mean, mind. See, I don't know if, how much I believe that story 100%. I think that's Bobby Heenan, like, like creating legends because yeah. how could Vince, the businessman, not want to do another yeah. WrestleMania, not be thinking ahead, you know? Yeah. Could yeah. be true, but, you know. Who knows? But uh, I like to believe Heenan over McMahon every time. That's <laughs> just the way I am. Yeah. So where do you go from there? Uh, you know, I'm sure one of the original ideas is, okay, we'll just do it at the Garden again. Yeah. And someone's like, ah, oh, come on. Do yeah. something. Do something different. Do something creative. Go to another city. And I don't know. It seems like almost like those cities wanted it, or they bid for it, yeah. and they were like, oh, well, you know, yeah, let's just do all three. I mean, can yeah. you imagine how hard it must have been to do this show? Well, yeah. From a production point of, of course, view? Of course, yeah. A sure nightmare. People were freaking out. But I can see, you know, since it was just like the, the closed circuit, like being able to spread it over three different cities means that many more people will actually get like that first-hand experience, even yeah. if they don't have the greatest segments but yeah, yeah. I I just I, I just kind of you hear like the they they cut to an interview somewhere. Yeah. And you could still hear the end ring stuff. So yeah, it was even very, in the final edit. Yeah, like they've edit they probably had to edit this thing about two or three times yeah. for VHS release and the DVD release. They keep yeah. clipping stuff and trying to clean it up as much as possible. And there's still so many production flaws yeah. in it. Even within like the first city, they they're just disorganized. Yeah, in the, like right off the bat. Yeah, it, it's. It's a train wreck, yeah. but uh, you know there is some good wrestling here and there, and yeah. we're gonna let you know when we find it in here. <laughs> and just a few more quick fun stats before we head into the action here. WrestleMania two officially took place on April seventh, nineteen eighty six. How old were you, Chris? I was six. Yeah, so that would make me seven. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, this first, uh, it, it takes place uh, New York at Nassau Coliseum. Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon and Los Angeles at the LA Sports Arena. The total attendance. Now I have found different figures yeah. as I've done my research yeah. here. Um, I have most of the books I've seen say that the total attendance for all three cities is forty-seven thousand six hundred eighty-eight. Meanwhile, of course, Wikipedia, one hundred percent truth. Okay. It's good for stuff, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Wikipedia says the total attendance was 40,085, so that's quite a... That's a big difference, yeah. That's a big difference. That's pretty much a whole show, a whole uh, house right there, yeah. Yeah, depending on where you have it. But, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Let, let's meet in the middle. There was there. a lot of people there. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's say uh, 45,000 people sure. saw it total. Let's do that. So, this is the first WrestleMania uh, on pay-per-view. Okay, so this was actually broadcast in homes. 
Yes, actually broadcast in homes. I mean, you you must have had to have the box of all boxes at that time yeah. in order to get the pay-per-view. I I remember, I don't know if you ever had to do this, mm. but the first few times I ever got pay-per-views in yeah. my house where I was able to do it or got permission to do it, right. I had to go down to the cable company and pick up get a special a box. box. Yeah. The special box. And, uh, you know, they would send the signal and whatever. Yeah. And then I'd take the box back. Yeah. I don't really remember that because, I mean, we did get a few of the pay-per-views early on. But yeah. I kind of remember that. But, I don't know, my dad probably did it and I just don't really remember. Yeah. So that, that that's, uh, yeah. Well, what was me? You know, I'm really <laughs> dating myself, too. You talk about, like, it's like cable boxes and mixtapes. And, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, do you know what the first pay-per-view was? Because it happened between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2. First pay-per-view for WWE. Oh, uh, no, I don't. It was called the Wrestling Classic. Okay. Uh, I guess it was the payoff after WrestleMania 1 because they actually had a one-on-one world title match between yeah. Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. Huh. Oh. And and then the rest of the card was just a big, huge tournament to see who would win the Wrestling Classic. Kind of oh, like okay. the, an early version of King of the Ring. Gotcha. So That's cool. So that was the tester, I guess. Yeah. And now they're ready for WrestleMania 2, the big deal. Um, it was apparently moved from the last week of March to April 7th because of the NCAA Final Four oh. and something that's also hindering us over here in Dallas-Fort Worth from getting a WrestleMania. Oh. I hope that reference is very dated by the time this comes out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're happy that's the only reason why uh, Cowboy Stadium is not going to get a WrestleMania for the next couple of years. Oh. So, grr, yeah. NCAA Final Four. Yeah. Grr. Um, and we kick off things, America the Beautiful, officially, sung yes. by Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Ray Charles. Yes, as, or as eloquently introduced by Vince McMahon. He, like, gets angry and, like, screams it. It's like, yeah. barks it out. I'm not going to attempt to... Uh, can, I, can I attempt Go it? ahead. Ray Charles! <laughs> he's all happy. Like. Ray Charles! <laughs> yeah, it's more like that. It's yeah. a bit of that. Well, no, I mean, he's, like, all happy and kind of calm. He's loud, but he's, like, introducing WrestleMania, and then when he says Ray Charles, it's just, like, anger, like... It just, yeah, it just, it just flips the switch. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Literally the syllable beforehand, his brain just yeah. flickers. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah. So, I have to say, like, out of the first two, uh, I mean, comparing his rendition uh, versus WrestleMania 1, I guess different songs. Yeah, but, Star Spangled Banner yeah. versus America the Beautiful. You got Mean Gene versus Ray Charles. So, so far, yeah. it looks like I I'd have Ray to Charles say Ray Charles is, is going to be a little bit better. Yeah, he has the edge. Yeah. We're Even not... with, there were some feedback problems during the song, so, yeah. but still. I get so mad at that. I'm like, you got Ray Charles up there and you've got yeah. mic problems? Yeah. I was like, the man's blind. He's not deaf. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he got a good reaction, rightfully so. And yeah, and when they've seen the song, they show all these pictures up on the uh, on the screen, and they go like all this like classically American stuff. And it's our evolution of the American spirit and our American heroes of our sure. time. American heroes. Some of our some of the presidents: uh, Washington, Lincoln, Kennedy, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Like all in a row. But the highlight was Hulk Hogan yeah. at the very end, <laughs> well, pointing to the American flag. Then a big picture with like fireworks bursting behind him. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous. Oh, the evolution of the American hero. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, it goes hand in hand. I mean, the, the struggle for civil rights among centuries, and 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 trying to make us more of a free nation. I don't think anyone's done more <laughs> right. than Hulk Hogan. True. Yeah. <laughs> so the action kicks off, of course, after our America the Beautiful. 
And we're in New York. Uh, officially, I'm going to have to do the booth every single city here. The, yeah. Our hosts are Vince McMahon. I'm play-by-play and just general keeping it together. <laughs> yeah, kind of steering the bus. Uh, and Susan St. James on color commentary, yes. amongst other things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, she's so good. It had nothing to do with the fact that she was married to uh, Dick Ebersall, head of NBC Sports at the time, <laughs> right. who was giving them their Saturday Night's Main Event slots. Yeah. Had nothing to do with that, right? Yeah, no. Can't imagine. I'm sure Kate Nally was on its time. I'm sure that's a very apprised demographic, the, the WWF fans. Oh, yeah, they go hand-in-hand. Uh, hand. Crossover, yeah. I, I can't believe them. they never did any more crossovers than that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ring announcer for New York is the great Howard Finkel. Yes. So, first match, and uh, off to an auspicious start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it right off the bat. This one's setting the bar for worst opener of the whole series. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to co- come across anything worse than that besides something that may last one move. Yeah, right. But even then, it's kind of a horse race. Yeah. But let's talk about the match a little bit here, of course. Uh, officially, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff versus the magnificent Don Morocco with Mr. Fuji. Yes. All three guys, WWE Hall of Famers. Yeah. So, yeah, that that, that sounds positive. Yeah. You go on the match. What did you think of the match, Chris? Um, It wasn't, I don't know. It was just kind of, eh, not a very exciting start. Because yeah. uh, pretty much the majority of the match was Orndorff had Morocco in like this wrist lock that he didn't. Let go of and just, which was kind of cool, but it just that's pretty much all it was. Yeah, it was an ancient and, Chinese technique. Yeah, wasn't it? Slow according torture. to Susan St. James, yeah, <laughs> she she was just getting warmed up in this match though, so she was kind of kind of uh, getting her yeah. sea legs. Have you ever? I, I I've seen a decent amount of you know classic WWF programming from the mid '80s into yeah. the late '80s. I've never seen a match where they kick it off with the promos, like. In your ear, yeah. That as was the weird. match is going well, on, because before this match, they did a like a taped interview of Piper talking yeah. like really good <laughs> a taped interview of Piper talking oh, about man, the, yeah. Talk about that for a second. That'll the, put me in a good mood. Yeah, the New York main event was going to be Piper versus Mr. T in a boxing match. Yeah. And uh, so the first thing they show is yeah. Piper's in the back with uh, Orton, giving him like the the shoulder rub, and he's yeah. he's all hyped up getting ready for his match. So yeah, it was pretty. Classic Piper. Uh, I I think uh, you know is is it too early to give out promo of the night because I don't think anybody's going to so. beat that. Yeah, no. I, I I've seen this show a few times and I don't think that uh, there's anything better than that. Yeah. Uh, promo wise in the show, so yeah. if you, you got to go look that one up, please yeah. please do that. Thank you for putting me in a good mood. <laughs> no problem. But, but, but yeah, then they start the the Morocco Orndorff match and they're. Vince still kind of seems like, I don't really know what's going on, but let's throw it over to this. And they have taped interviews of the two of them, but they don't do the, like, picture-in-picture. They don't do the little box thing where you see them. It's just their voiceover commentary. It's just really disconcerting watching the guy in the match while he's talking about the match before the match was happening. It's like this new technique where they can read each other's minds. (laughs) (laughs) Mind melding. Yeah. So it was really odd. Yeah. Oh, I, I almost forgot. This match does have a little bit of a backstory. I'm going to try to help this match as much okay. as I can, Chris. Uh, I did some research. Uh, Morocco was in the ring with Hogan when King Kong Bundy attacked and injured Hogan, so that kind of kicks off the storyline right. for the for the go-home main event, right? right. Sure. And, 
know, that's so that that's that's my contribution to this match. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, of course, it also needs to be said. Uh, poor Paul Orndorff. Uh, yeah. Curtain jerking after main eventing the yeah. first WrestleMania. Has anybody slid that further down on the card yeah. ever? And then slides completely off it. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't he? Or does he come back? No, this is his last yeah. one. So um, I don't think any. Of course, there's some people that were at a WrestleMania that weren't there, or yeah. maybe not in the company the next year. But I don't know if anyone's ever actually remained in the company and gone from main event to first match. I couldn't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to keep our eye on that as yeah. this series goes on. And so. Morocco actually even points that out in his <laughs> yeah. uh, his voiceover mind meld interview thing. He's like, use the embarrassment of WrestleMania 1, I'm going to make him the embarrassment of this one. Yeah. Oh, and we also get some good clean racism. That, yeah. That couldn't be. Orndorff <laughs> looking at Fuji, like, with the, the fingers on the eyes. Doing yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I brought it up, but, you know, it's it's there. Yeah. It, it happens. So. Susan St. James says, well, that's, that's a challenge. Like, what? That, yeah. <laughs> Define challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it, you know that we keep going back to talking about the boxing match. Or uh, yeah. I, I've got one. Uh, if you've never seen some of the build-up to the boxing match, yeah. there's there's a point where uh, Piper gets T in a compromising position. He uh, gets his belt out that was around his kilt. He starts whipping him with it. Yeah. And it's McMahon and Jesse Ventura in the booth. Yeah. And Jesse goes, "Hey McMahon, it's like Roots too." Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. happened. And I, you know, you, they show a lot of old footage to build up these matches. Yeah. They didn't show that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not on this. I, I didn't yeah. see it. I don't. I don't think I heard that tonight. So. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And we're we're talking about other things pretty much because there's really not a lot to say about this match. Yeah. At some point, they go very awkwardly over the top rope together. Yeah. I think like Morocco almost like. Like belly to bellies, Orndorff practically over the ropes. They're like yeah. hugging into the ropes, and they just kind of slide over and he gets yeah. caught up in the ropes and they yeah. just start hitting each other. And to make matters worse, Orndorff almost gets his boot completely yeah. caught in the rope. Yeah. Which he's he's not the uh you know, like oh, who is it that got their boot caught like in front of a huge stadium? Oh God. Oh was it it was at seventeen and I think it was like Test or somebody. Oh. And they're like it just took forever <laughs> to get his boot out of that thing. I was like, yeah. Oh, I feel so bad. I mean he got Orndorf gets out relatively yeah. easy. But then we get into just oh, the referee's still counting. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a double count out. The bell rings and apparently everybody's confused as to what's going on. <laughs> Even Vince's like, Well we'll go back to the ring for the announcement and you see Howard Finkel like he comes up, puts the mic up and then he like puts it back down and walks away. Yeah. So then Vince is like, okay, well, let's just go to something else. And that was a big to-do, like, especially in the 80s when I first started watching, yeah. because all of the play-by-play guys, Gorilla, Vince, yeah. they'd always say, let's get the official word. Yeah. And they wouldn't declare it, really, until the official word. Right. That right. was a big deal. And I remember all the other guys were like, why do you have to, you know who won. Yeah. <laughs> why do you have to wait for the official word? Yeah. You know if nobody won, if it's a double count yeah, right. if you if they're still outside and you hear a bell. Yeah. Neither guy won. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they go, Mr. T's talking in the back, saying that he doesn't like to talk, but he keeps talking for a while. He talks a little bit before he throws the mic down. That's that's always heavy comedy points. I I like a good mic throw. But while he's talking, they do the in-ring announcement that you can hear underneath it, like like they announced that it was a double count out, so you can't hear either one of them, really, because they're both talking over each other. 
So yeah, chaos. Production chaos. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, go look online and find some of the like cues that just completely go unanswered. Yeah. Because there, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Like I said, even for this VHS release, that's relatively edit-free. Yeah. They, they still had to take off a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about all the bad stuff for the opener match because that's pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, just a nothing match that that doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Uh, it there's no real feud going on here. Yeah. So there's just it's just nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like yeah. a it's like a bad superstars main event. Yeah. Because they used to do that a lot when I would watch All American Wrestling or Superstars. Oh, the main event here, and they, two guys about the same position on the card. Yeah. Double disqualification, double count out, whatever. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> not not the best way to start the show. This is no. what the world has come to. Uh but speaking of what it's come to, um, you know, we did uh we're doing this on the whole series whenever someone says goodbye and we will not see him for the rest of the series here. We do a where are they now? So it's time to go to Where Are They Now, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorf. Paul Orndorf had a pretty storied career even after yeah. all this. I mean you saw him out and about. Um, you know, we talked about at Mania 1, he became a babyface because Piper Norton blamed him for losing at WrestleMania 1. Ortendorf aligned himself with Hulk Hogan, which is why he got that great pop he did at the yeah. beginning of 2. Um, started teaming with Hogan. Eventually he turned his back on Hogan again later that year, actually, after all of this <laughs> WrestleMania. So yeah. it's just, he kept flip-flopping. I think people kind of turned their backs on him completely. Like, yeah. if he was ever going to go back to being a babyface, I don't think he yeah. was going to get the good response that he had. But he, uh, you know, he reunited with Bobby Heenan. Um, but I will say, Orndorff had a major career high. Uh, they did this big show in Toronto outside, uh, 76,000 people saw him and Hogan wrestle for the world title. Oh. So that was a really big deal, and Canadian fans especially still talk about that. Uh, they ended the Hogan feud on Saturday Night's Main Event. Uh, this is all after WrestleMania two, like I said. So really it was one of the biggest feuds that was in the company since Vince Jr. had purchased it. So yeah. that was, once again, a really big deal. Uh, Orndorff seriously injured his arm in a weightlifting accident during this feud, but still wrote it out because it was such a hot feud at the time. Yeah. He started to take time off after that feud ended, and then they did a storyline where Heenan actually replaced Orndorff contractually in the Heenan family and replaced him with Ravishing Rick Rude. Mm. So he gave way to the Ravishing Rick Rude debut. This would lead to Orndorff going back to being a babyface. <laughs> uh, but you know, his last high-profile WWF match was the very first Survivor Series uh, in the main event, but he was eliminated very early on by Ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> so uh, he did his first retirement early 1988 because of that arm injury and went on to run a bowling alley in Fayetteville, <laughs> North Carolina. That's cool. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, yeah bowling alley. We'll do that. Yeah. Um, later on, he went and had a few more runs again. Uh, some of the more major indies of the 90s, UWF, Smoky Mountain. But then, I remember this too, he came back uh, to major pro wrestling. 1990, he joined WCW, right when they were turning into WCW from the NWA, and was in what was my favorite thing at the time, the Dudes with Attitudes faction, <laughs> uh, which included Sting, the Steiner Brothers, the Junkyard Dog, and Lex Luger. And basically the Dudes with Attitude uh, were 
were put together to get the belt off of Ric Flair somehow, some way. Yeah. And so strength in numbers, they had more people than the horsemen, so it was a can't fail project. And it succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> but Orndorff was the first guy out and like he just stopped caring and left yeah. uh, anyway. Um Orndorff left WCW by the end of that year. Uh, but he came back three years later and started a team with Paul Roma and they started a tag team, your favorite tag team name, pretty wonderful. <laughs> That's I, I, Terrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they held the WCW Tag Team Champions two times, but in December 1995, Brian Pillman attacked Paul Orndorff after Orndorff insinuated that Pillman was only a horseman because he turned it down. So Pillman and Arn Anderson gave him a spike pile driver on the floor, retiring him off of TV with a serious neck injury. <laughs> in truth, he did have a real neck injury, so that's why they did it. Yeah. And then after that, Orndorff actually became WCW's of one of their bigger head trainers down at the power plant. So he's responsible for a lot of new guys taking off around yeah. that time. So, uh, like I said, this is a very storied where are they now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he went on to train a lot of the guys, uh, pretty much all the guys in the Natural Born Thrillers he trained. You sure. can brag about some of those. Some of them, yeah. Some of them, some not. <laughs> uh, he would go on to have a brief feud with his students which they, when they were blurring all the reality. I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, they were blurring the lines of reality. I never really fiction. paid much attention to those guys, so... Yeah. Uh, Orndorff came back with a big buzz cut, like you know, yeah, like army. I remember that? Like, yeah. Looked like a Marine Corps trainer, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> and uh, he started teaming with a faction called the Old Age Outlaws, which was yeah. Arn Anderson, Larry Zbysko, and Terry Funk. So you remember some of that briefly, because I remember you were watching that in a lot because of yeah. Lance Storm being there, especially. Yeah. That was pretty much one of the only reasons to watch yeah. WCW in their dying days. Um, but then basically, uh, you know, some good stuff here. His career came full circle. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005 by his former manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And the last thing I heard of him was back in January 2011, I read that he went on a satellite radio show and announced that he was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. But then eight months later, he came, came back on the same show and said that he had beaten it and he was totally cancer-free. Nice. So that wasn't just but a few months ago, so yeah. uh, stay well, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. So there you go. That's the storied Where Are They Now career on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Nice. 0-2 WrestleMania <laughs> record overall. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. What can he do? Ah. Uh, eh. I, I think there were still guys that would kill to have his career, so... Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. Um... So yeah, we move on to the first title match of the night. Yes. Match number two, George the Animal Steel versus Macho Man Freak Out Freak Out Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah. With the lovely Elizabeth. This is for the Intercontinental title. Yes. Thoughts, Chris? I like it. I will, I, how, how can you not like a Macho Man match, Intercontinental yeah. title match? It, I mean, it's not his best, of course, because yeah. his best may be coming up in a year, but... Yeah. Um, it's a f- this is a fun match, and it's, it's one fun. Of the most, yeah, it's one of the most get-up contrast matches you could yeah. possibly find. I mean, it's basically it's pretty much George Steele like chasing after Macho Man, and Macho Man just like yeah. running all over the place, yeah. trying to get away. And this is where uh, Susan St. James starts to warm up. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she finds her stride in this match. Oh yeah, she yeah. does. <laughs> uh oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, George. Her, her commentary consists of uh oh. Groans like oh and oh and saying come on George about a thousand yeah. times. 
Yeah, eat his leg. Yeah. He grabs him and he's like biting through his boot. He's like, Yeah, all right, George, eat his leg. <laughs> there's some there's some really great uh commentary in this one actually. I think at this point Vince finally just goes F it and just yeah. gets in on the fun. He does too, yeah. He, he says a oh a few times towards the end of the match too. Yeah. It's like, what? And one of my favorite and your favorite calls of the night, uh George pretty late in the match has like Randy Savage by the nose and Vince McMahon delivers the classic line he's got a handful of face (laughs) what's he gonna do with it what's he gonna do with it (laughs) Uh, good stuff oh man Uh, so yeah see we're already just talking about the match we're enjoying it there's not a lot of Technical yeah. anything in it. I mean, yeah. it's a George Steele match. Both guys cheating their ass off. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's yeah. like you know, you if you if you had the volume off, you couldn't tell who the bad guy was. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this is like they're there's the biting and throwing inanimate foam at each other <laughs> yeah. and hitting each other with flowers. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah that's what it is. Really I mean, weird garbage match. It's awesome that I mean I think it's a testament to Macho Man and how he can adapt and make anything like entertaining. Oh yeah, he bumped his ass all over yeah. the ring for for George. Yeah. I mean, he let him. He did that flip into the corner, you yeah. know, stuff like that. I mean, there was drama. I mean, George Steele's, like, looking at Elizabeth longingly and, like, going over to her, and Susan St. James kept putting that over, like, yeah. the whole, oh, he cares about Elizabeth. And he may not be smart, but he has respect for women. Yeah. <laughs> that That's a head full right yeah, there. Yeah, think I mean, about that for a little while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I and the biggest, it, it always shocks me, um, every time I see this match, that, Animal Steel kicks out of the flying elbow. Yeah. And yeah. I was I just realized this tonight. He's the first of three guys to do that at a WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So Well it is WrestleMania. You get a lot of kick outs of finishing moves at WrestleMania. Yeah. Especially in the years to come anyway. And also I don't think the elbow was really the elbow at yeah. the time. So yeah. it'll it kind of becomes more legendary as time goes on yeah. as well. So But Macho Man does uh retain his title. Yeah. He ends up uh, pinning George using Two ropes on the middle, or two feet on the middle rope. He does the double leg trip. Yeah. And then, uh, for the same finish as WrestleMania 1, uh, with Valentine versus Junkyard yep. Dogs. Yep. Same finish. Pretty they, much, they, yeah. Except they don't restart the match. Yeah. You know, because, uh, by that point, there's, there's no turnbuckles on the top. So, <laughs> right. There's no match. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I can really say about the match. Yeah. Very it's good. entertaining. It's good. I think, you know, I, Maybe early to call, but I think it's safe to say the best match of the New York the part segment. Of the show. Yeah. yeah, I think it's probably a safe bet. Yeah, but uh, after that, they go to I think it's uh, Chicago for uh, interview. Yeah, Mean Gene, right? Yeah, it's a uh, Bill Freilich who was a Falcon, Falcon, yes, uh, Atlanta Falcon, yeah. and um, Big John Studd, and they're talking about the uh, big football versus wrestler battle royal coming yeah. up in the next segment of the show yeah and i'll have more on that too because there was a lot of to do with john studd especially yeah they don't look like they like each other very much like legitimately don't yeah Yeah, it's legit i'll tell you more about that later yeah uh but do you think that football was blown up at all or do you think they had the air out in it i'm sure they had some air out of that yeah Ooh, (laughs) that's that's not fair john studd's not here to defend himself well no i mean i'm not saying that he couldn't do it but would you want to be on pay-per-view like national like worldwide pay-per-view and And, not be able to crush that football yeah and blow that yeah 
That's why. And and all due respect to like a Mark Henry. Yeah. I remember when he did all his test of strengths yeah, on SmackDown, yeah, they were on SmackDown. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had three days yeah. <laughs> to edit that. Um, but he'd been a frying pan with his own. Uh, I remember hands. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the next matchup, the. That was with the kids out there. It's <laughs> like Bill Fralick. What the hell is that? I don't even know who Bill Fralick is, and I grew up then. <laughs> Uh, next match was George Wells, a Canadian football player, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's from the CFL. Another yeah. George. Yeah, another George. So it, right up uh, Susan St. James Alley. And so you know who she's going to pull for. Yes. And her, uh, his opponent is Jake Roberts. Yes. Oh, Jake the Snake Roberts. In his rookie year with WWF, at least. Yeah, still undefeated still at undefeated. the time of this match. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this... It, it, it's great seeing Jake the Snake Roberts, and actually George Wells had a little something. He, yeah, George kind of. Uh, it was the match was completely one-sided. It was George Wells beat the crap out of Jake Roberts, and then Jake Roberts got a DDT and pinned him. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and uh, it, it's and it, it was fine, entertaining enough. Yeah. It just kind of once again reeked of being a superstars match yeah. or something like that, yeah. you know. And so it's not. It didn't really mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, we're still at the point where they don't realize what WrestleMania is yet, I don't yeah. think. As far as, you know, every match just has to burn or at yeah. least be entertaining. Yeah. Or, you know, mean something special, have a backstory, and they, they're not there yet. Yeah. They will be soon. I think pretty much, you know, after the first few, yeah. it gets to that point. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of know as we do it because we'll notice it more. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, because like I think I've said it before, like WrestleMania these days, it's they create matches that will be entertaining ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. Yeah, they they're thinking about that big picture right here. They're not really thinking about that big picture. They're thinking about putting Jake Roberts over as uh, an undefeated guy. Yeah, it doesn't to, matter who he's facing to, to a to a nationwide audience. Yeah, yeah, and it's good at the time, yeah. maybe. But maybe not WrestleMania worthy. Yeah. So just so, a different mindset. And uh, you know, post match we get to see Damien covering yeah. uh, Wells. He gets a good like he gets a good bunch of revolutions yeah. around the neck there. Yeah. I think he actually had to pull the snake off him. It seemed like he was gonna <laughs> just frothing at the mouth. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty gross. He damn near puked in the ring, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad we didn't see that. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to have a contest. Uh, uh, a few WrestleManias from now, which one was worse, George Wells or Duggan's snot at the end of his <laughs> match at five? I think it's Duggan. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call that right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Uh, George Wells had a pretty bad headache by the end of his match. Uh, George Wells would um, end his WrestleMania career at 0-1. Yeah. So you know what it's time for, Chris. Where it's are they now? Where are they now? Uh, I don't have quite the storied career that right. Paul Orndorff did, but uh, like I said, he, he he showed us a little something in his match. Come to find out, he held quite a few titles uh, in some of the regional NWA territories. That's cool. So he, he got his due there, here and there. But like we said, Wells was a former Canadian Football League player, and he had actually been competing for 13 years prior to this WrestleMania wow. match. So there you go. Uh he had two years on Jake Roberts at that time, so he was the veteran <laughs> of that match. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. Um, he is listed, and I've been trying to find out otherwise, and I guess they're going with a particular lineage, but every time I look up title histories, it says that George Wells 
is the only African-American wrestler to win the classic NWA U.S. title hmm. when it was just strictly NWA. Yeah. That's really That's, interesting. Yeah. Surprising. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but after uh, after he left WWE, he went to the CWA, the Continental Wrestling Association. Uh, he left WWF in 86, so around that time he went to CWA and wound up feuding with people like Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed, that's cool. who we will see down the line a little yeah. bit more here. Uh, but that's all I got on George Wells. Yeah. Um, I think he wound up being like a counselor for any inner city kids. Oh, really? So uh, keep him off drugs, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So positive guy, so nothing bad to say about George Wells. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so after that match, they, they cut it over to Los Angeles, I think, for an interview with one of the participants of the main event. Yes. The, uh, uh, it's uh, Jesse Ventura interviewing Hulk Hogan, and they both look utterly ridiculous. Yeah, so Je- Jesse's wearing, like, a boa, and he's also got the, like, he's Cleopatra got thing. hat on with, like, yeah, like, the gold, looks like he has, like, gold sparkly hair, basically. It's like this yeah. kind of... I don't know what you'd call it, like yeah. a fringe coming out of his hat that's all... <laughs> yeah. But speaking of retarded... Jesse, the, the ultimate fashion player. Yeah, <laughs> but Hogan probably looks even worse, because this is the, the Hogan that has that that weird bandana that gets kind of smaller on one side, it's kind of ripped, and he has it like crooked like just over his <laughs> eyes, yes. so his balding head looks enormous. Yeah, it looks like Hogan. five times as big as it should. Yes. Hulk so, Hogan has gigantism. Yeah, he l- literally looks like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he took all those growth pills, oh no! But yeah, and uh, they're just kind of like, they're not really talking about the match, they're mostly just talking at each other. Yeah, they're like, like digging at each other, like flexing at each other. Yeah, yeah, and not talking about Bundy or anything. So whatever. Yeah, he mentions Bundy once in the yeah. whole promo. That's about it. Yeah, so. but going down, Bundy. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this during that actually, where they were kind of in each other's face. Yeah. Think of a scenario where WrestleMania four. Yeah. And Ventura is you know back in ring shape again because he's he's training to. You know, he's basically acting alongside Schwarzenegger a lot. Yeah. So he's got to be big again. Right. And Jesse was always in good shape at the time. Why not put Jesse in the tournament? Yeah. Like, have him be like, I'm going after this. If it's, yeah. if it's, if it's open, I'm going. Yeah. I've never been champion. And why not have him be the guy that screws Hogan over in round two? That would have been cool. Because Andre is in no condition to be in that match for real. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been so cool? Yeah. I mean, like, that would have just solidified things. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, they could have had a payoff match down the line, on a pay-per-view even. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's where it was. You're right. Uh, so, anyway, there's there's my there's my <laughs> fantasy booking for WrestleMania. Should have happened, but didn't happen. Yep. Anyway, thank you for allowing me to get that off my <laughs> of chest. I, what do we, we got coming up? Yeah, I'm, next, all, I'm all confused <laughs> in this great scenario. Next up is the um, New York main event. All right. Which is the boxing match between Piper and Mr. Yeah. T. So scheduled for ten rounds. Scheduled of boxing. for ten, <laughs> ten glorious, excruciatingly long rounds. Um, <laughs> thankfully, right. it does not go the distance. But uh, they actually roll out the celebrities for this one since it's the the main event of New York. So it, finger no, quote celebrities. Yeah, obviously, no major disrespect to some of the participants yeah. involved here. But you think there's a slight drop off from one to two? Yeah. As far as the well, New York celebrity aspect, because there's going to be some more celebrities yeah. down the line. But here. see, that's the thing. They had to hire more. Their budget was probably about the same, so they had to spread it a little go. more evenly. So going down the roster of these celebrities, we start off 
introducing the guest ring announcer, Joan Rivers, who I say actually is a very bona fide celebrity, especially... Oh, yeah. Everybody knows who Joan Rivers is. Yeah, actually, yeah. Whether you're a fan, non-fan, you know who she is. And at the time, she was um, kind of putting in a bid to be one of the major late-night talk show hosts. She was going to compete with Carson. Yeah, I think she could have done it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a whole other story, but she's in there. She introduces the judges for the boxing match, which I, I I had to do some research to find this out, and I've never found any of them to ever be a judge in a boxing match, but I guess I just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So you have uh, Daryl Dawkins from the Nets, Chocolate Thunder, and uh, Cab Calloway for no reason. <laughs> like, you, you bring a Cab Calloway to a New York arena and you don't have him sing. Right. I mean, that guy, go look him up. He's one of the great entertainers of his time. Yeah. If you've seen the Blues Brothers movie, that's Cab Calloway. The guy that yeah. sings Minnie the Moocha as they're making their way to the arena. Yeah. And he just waves. And that's yeah. and He does nothing. Yeah, the judges do nothing in, in the yeah. match. The judges, there's no reason for the yeah. judges to be there. And then uh, throw in G. Gordon Liddy. I'm not even going to, don't even get me started on that one. I'm not even going to... Go look up the Watergate scandal and yeah. get back to me. <laughs> He's there for no reason. Yeah. And, of course, a, a very a smattering of booze and rightfully yeah. so. And the guest timekeeper. We go from Liberace to Herb. <laughs> Herb, who no one remembers and no yeah. one cared about at the time either. Yeah. So, And uh, still on record as being the biggest flop in marketing history. Yeah. Burger I, King spent $40 million on yeah. Herb ads. Yeah. And the whole shtick with that was he doesn't eat Burger King. So yeah. <laughs> this is their to advertise their burgers. This is a guy that doesn't ever eat Burger King. And the, so if the guy you, you're supposed to spot yeah, in a Burger if, King. If you see him in a Burger King, you get like $5,000. But then that led to other controversies that I looked up. So yeah, yeah they got sued over that. So yeah, you figured that someone would just get a, a look-alike. Yeah. Because, you know, I guess, you know, this is the day be- day and age before the Internet. Yeah. And, you know, now you could organize a flash mob of herbs. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> uh I just got chills. <laughs> and none of them can get over the top <laughs> gracefully whatsoever. So, yeah. We've probably talked more That's about herb than anybody has in the past yeah. 20 years. But th- th- there's got to be somebody out there that watches this every year and goes, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And they never bother to look it up. So yeah. there you go. This is what we're here for <laughs> on the WrestleMania house show. We 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 go through every single shrub of grass in <laughs> WrestleMania history <laughs> to bring you the most inane, innocuous facts that you could possibly ever want. Yeah, But we're building up to the boxing match. That's why yeah. I'm talking about all yeah, this. Yeah, I'm just delaying it. Yeah, okay, you got Lou Duva uh, as the trainer of Roddy Piper. Yeah. That guy, man, that guy has done some stuff. Yeah. Go look him up. And, of course, Smokin' Joe Frazier yep. needs an introduction as the trainer of Mr. T. Yep. Uh, that would be a cool story if it happened in real life. I, I guess they do pull a lot of guys from tough bands into pro yeah. as far as boxing goes, but, that you know, even Joe and T have completely different fighting styles. Right. So... But uh, once again, dicking deep. Yeah. So, um, is this boxing? <laughs> um, it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's hard to. <laughs> is that? It's a loaded question, isn't yeah. it? Because I mean, I should have counted how many times something happened during that match. Yeah. To where in a real boxing match it would have just been thrown yeah. out. Well, I mean, because uh, you look at it, you look at amateur wrestling as compared to professional wrestling, and it's a completely different animal. Yeah. But. 
you look at real boxing as opposed to sports entertainment boxing, and they try to make it look like real boxing, and yeah. it just doesn't work. It's just boring because you know that <laughs> those punches don't even look very good, yeah. and they're not really fighting. It's just two guys swinging arms at each other. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like maybe like decades and decades, like a hundred years from now. Yeah. They're going to analyze this match. Be like, <laughs> like what, the, what were they going for? It's like a weird art yeah. project. Like, well, because, yeah, like in the second round, it goes kind of four rounds. But, I think T looks gassed to me by the second but, round. Yeah, you said that, but I think he was just playing the part of being gassed because that's when he, he falls over. He's yeah, like, down I go. <laughs> he's just in the corner with his hands up over his face, and um, uh, Piper's like, Blowing himself up, just swinging at him, yeah. and he's just taking every one of them, and he just kind of slowly falls over. Yeah, like it's just—I don't know—not very compelling. The story was compelling, and the interviews were good because yeah. Piper carried him. Uh, that was but, that was the feud at yeah. the time, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a carryover from the previous year and into the next year. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. So that was such a good feud that they still hate each other. Yeah. And f- for real. Yeah. Piper hates Mr. T. Yeah. Hates him. I mean, uh, they, they did that segment, uh, I don't know if you saw it a few years ago, on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show, mm. where he had his cousin Sal, who's a big wrestling fan, and Roddy Piper shows up to his birthday party at yeah, Hooters. Yeah, I saw that. And then Santino Morello, yeah. who was doing a mini feud with Piper, shows up, and he's got a Mr. T-shirt on. Yeah. Piper looks pissed. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, take that shirt off. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, he just—he's just never gonna like that guy. Yeah. I, I don't know what was said between those two guys. I know that he—I'm sure he felt like he was sticking up for the boys, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. So I don't know. It, that's where it gets into that argument: is it beneficial to you, so you shouldn't have an issue, or is it hurting your your bottom line? What do you mean? Like, you know, like, uh, say you're a mid-card, undercard guy, yeah. or even a main eventer, and you don't get your rest, you don't get your main event slot because of Mr. T. Is it, it well, are it, you not making the money you think you're going to make? I, really, that's it's what a it delicate balance, because having Mr. T on the show brings in more people. That's for sure. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I could see where someone would feel slighted that, that he's getting that adulation, and when there's others, there were, limited spots for the show and he took one of them so yeah. I can see it both ways yeah it's hard to say which one is right if either one are you know yeah. or if either one are wrong so okay. so besides the, the yeah. which I think easily the most entertaining part of the actual match mm-hmm. is the whole melee at the end yeah, yeah. what got what got Piper disqualified because yes Piper loses the match by disqualification yeah. when he eye rakes the ref and kind of he kind, kind of shoves him over yeah, yeah. When he pie faces the referee, and the referee's like, oh. <laughs> he falls completely over, yeah. Yeah. And then Roddy slams Mr. T on his side. Actually, looks like it really yeah. hurt. When yeah. you really watch the slow-mo, and it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just dies on him. And I like the fact that Duva went after Frazier. Yeah. Uh, Frazier went after Orton. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's on everybody. Yeah. And then, like, at some point, different corner people are together from opposite corners holding yeah, one holding guy back. Yeah, back, yeah. They're like, oh, oh, wait, where am I? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Who am I? So, what was, besides that, what was your favorite part of the match, if there are any friends? Uh, I don't know. So my favorite part's when he throws the stool at him. Yeah, I was That's about it. That. Or when Orton, like, goes and takes the, the spit bucket and 
and throws it at T. That's a good one, too. <laughs> it's pretty much anything that doesn't take place during the rounds. <laughs> right. Anything outside of the bells, then, yeah, that's the more entertaining part. It's like once the bell rings, are like, okay, it's showtime, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Flail, flail more. You're not flailing your arms enough. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, Mr. T ends his WrestleMania career with a 2-0 and record. Wow, so yeah. Mr. T is undefeated at WrestleMania. We're putting him in the undefeated uh, section here. Uh, we're going to start that. Yeah. So he's the first one in. So here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do Where Are They Now, Mr. T, but I'm not going to do everything. I'm going to do just the wrestling part of it. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff. Yeah. So basically, Mr. T did a couple of more appearances uh, for the WWE as a special referee, and then pretty much disappeared from wrestling entirely until seven years later in 1994. You're going to love this, Chris. Yeah, of course, once again, the special referee <laughs> for Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at Halloween Havoc 94. Huh. And then he had one more wrestling match where he wrestled and beat Kevin Sullivan at Starcade that year. Okay. I'm sure Sullivan felt great about yeah. that. But I think Sullivan actually was, if I'm not mistaken, the head booker at that time. Oh, so really? I guess he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to be in the match. Yeah, took one for the team, and yeah, he's, oh, he's in a match with Mr. T. It's a spot on the paper. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's all I got. Um, that That's that's it as far as yeah. Mr. T's wrestling career goes. So, And I think he was also with Hogan when he beat Flair at Bash of the Beach when he first came in. Oh, really? I, know. I know Shaq was there, but I think T was there also. So. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's pretty much all revolving around Hogan, obviously. Yeah. They're, they're buddies. So there you go. Mr. T, done with wrestling, but undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. But he would go in the celebrity undefeated. I don't think you can like rank him with the, the yeah. rank-and-file wrestlers, you know. Yeah, but it is interesting that yeah. he had the two matches. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's not in the celebrity wing yet, is he? I don't think. I was just trying to think, so I don't think he is. No, I don't, I don't think he is either. Is that kind of just so... They'll stay cool with Piper, I Because <laughs> if anybody deserves to be in a celebrity Hall of Fame for WWE, yeah. it's Mr. T. Yeah. He did so much for him early on. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. One thing I do know is that uh, I think New York's pretty much drained me for... Uh, yeah. What's, what's next, Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with New York. Yeah. Standing by now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you to the Chicago portion of WrestleMania. Thank you, Vince, and hello, everybody, and welcome to the beautiful Rosemont Horizon here in Chicago for this portion of WrestleMania 2. Well, all the talk's done, Gene. I'm waiting to get a hold of the stud here or whatever the dud. See what he can do out here. When I think of football players, you're not playing with a ball, buddy. You're playing with John Stud. Gentlemen, please, hey. Gentlemen, we should prove it to all America. Wrestler is better than football player. And we have plenty of action still to come as that tremendous tag team title match. As we told all the people, if we became the world tag team champions, we would stay in the United States of America. What an explosion. You had to be a tremendous inspirational fight for the moment. Fantastic, man. A British bulldog forever! And now that we're done with New York, at least for the time being, I don't think they're going to go back until WrestleMania 10. Well, they cut back to uh, Vince and 
Susan St. James oh, a couple times. Yeah. yeah, Susan St. James completely underselling the main event. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk's going to win. Yeah. No but doubt. What, but what about King Kong Bundy? He's like, ah. well, th- there's a cage. It's really dangerous. Ah. I think Hogan's injured, too, isn't ah. he? No, no chance. <laughs> but Hulk all the way. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, like yeah. word for word. But Bundy's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we move on to Chicago, Rosemont Horizon. Uh, what Chicago, which has now become, I think, the number one United States hotbed of pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it's always been there, but... It's a good town. Over the years, it's just, I think, become the mecca of the United yeah. States pro wrestling major events. So it got the, the middle portion, at least uh, this order, yeah. <laughs> of WrestleMania two. Your host for this segment, Gorilla Monsoon on play-by-play extraordinaire. Mean Gene Okerlund on color commentary, a rarity. At least, uh, you know, for the major events that we're used to. I know he used to do commentating a lot more back in that day, but, you know, it's just kind of, nobody remembers really. (laughs) And uh, on color commentary and uh, upping the bar a little bit from the guest celebrity uh, commentary, Kathy Lee Crosby. Yeah, I guess upping the bar. I mean, Susan St. James had the bar on the ground, so (laughs) I think. All the way down to China. Yeah, I think Kathy Lee Crosby is almost invisible for a lot of it for me. I like didn't really even notice her, but that's a that's up from yeah. Susan St. James. Yeah. Uh oh, and oh, come on, George. Come on, George. And that, that, I know there's already a great clip out there of the uh ohs yeah. uh, on a loop. Yeah. All original uh ohs, yeah. and even Vince gets in on the fun. Yeah. I think maybe for this one we need to make a come on George or Attaboy George, or right. uh, you know, just to be original. You know? yeah. We we may have to steal that other clip later down the line. But your ring announcer for Chicago is Chet Kopic. Kopic, <laughs> an early yeah, influence on uh, Ken Anderson, I will yeah. say, because <laughs> he announces everybody pretty much twice. Oh yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our first match is a title match. Fabulous Moolah mm. versus Velvet McIntyre for the yes. women's title. Moolah the champ at the time. Yes, who had just who had gotten it back from Wendy Richter as the spider lady. We talked about yeah. that on the previous Mania special. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what did you think of the match? It wasn't very good. It was. I mean, they started off fast. I mean, lots of the one-legged female drop kicks like they like to do. Yes. Oh, I, I, I did some research, Chris, uh, as I like to do. I found out the origins of Shoeless Velvet. Okay. Uh, she used to wear boots right. uh, early on in her career, but apparently as a rib, somebody stole her boots out of the <laughs> locker room area. And after that, she well, she competed that night, of course, without the boots, and right. she continued to do so. Huh. That became her shtick. All right. Nobody else doing it at the time except the Samoans. So yeah. she was the only bootless female competitor of her uh, time. So. All right, that's fine. you got to have an angle, you know. Followed up years later by uh, Lacey uh, Von Erich. Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> Although I, for different reasons. Yeah. Instead of Lacey, we are talking about Velvet McIntyre <laughs> and her non-boots. Uh, it's a quick match, of course. Yeah. Lola gets the pin after a the weirdest splash I think I've ever seen in my life. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, Velvet goes for the splash from the second rope, I think, and she... No water, com- no water in the pool. Right. Yes. <laughs> she would have completely overshot it anyway, but Moolah still rolls out of the way. But then Velvet like rolls over to the far uh, side of the ring towards yeah, the ropes. That's good ring presence. Yeah. And so when Moolah does this complete full body cover, she's like laying on her horizontally. Yeah. Velvet actually gets her foot on the rope before the referee even drops to the ground. Yeah. Her like whole leg, like all the way up to her knee, is on the ropes. Yeah. The referee gets all the way up and puts his head completely down on the mat, counts three, and 
her foot was on the rope the whole time. Yeah. That wasn't and Brock Olovich refereeing, was it? No, no I don't think <laughs> so. But, I mean, even the commentators, it's plainly obvious from every camera angle, and even yeah. the commentators don't say anything. It was just really weird. Yeah, I guess Velvet wasn't very well liked. At least that's what I thought at the time. Yeah. Uh, so this, this match has come to an end. Moolah defends the title at a WrestleMania, her only wrestling appearance at a WrestleMania, yeah. unless you count, you know, like some run-in or something. Was she in that Divas Battle Royal at 25? I can't recall. Yeah, I don't recall that. I think, uh... But, uh, what I do know is that it's time for another Where Are They Now? Velvet McIntyre, Chris. It, this might go on a little bit longer than the match, but bear with me. <laughs> uh, Velvet, she actually is a former women's champion and tag team champion. Okay. Would you believe if I told you, Chris, that she went on to defeat Mula that July? Really? Yeah. All she right. actually won the title. And was a six-day champion. She lost it six days later to right. Mula, so she was of a course. short-lived champion, but a champion nonetheless. You also may remember her uh, from such things as the first ever Survivor Series, where she teamed on the babyface side I remember that, yeah. with Mula and Rock and Robin, and our favorites, the Jumping Bomb Angels. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it for her WWE career. In the early 90s, she won the Canadian Wrestling Alliance Women's Title. There's a mouthful. Yeah. That was in 1997. And later on, she defeated Bertha Faye for that, uh, for that title as well. WWWA Women's Title. So there you go. Okay. She retired in 1998 after becoming pregnant with twins. And the only other thing I could find out about her is that she currently makes and sells arts and crafts for a living. All right. Like, what kind of arts and crafts, you know? I, I have no idea. Website? You know, if I rewatch Lipstick and Dynamite, I may find out some more things about that, because I have seen that, yeah. and I do remember her being in it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so. I tell you, if you, you've seen that, haven't yeah. you? I mean, how horrible does Moolah come off on that? She yeah. comes off as, like, the Michael Jackson of female wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, yeah. It, they come off pretty arrogant and just, like, I'm like the only woman's wrestler ever, yeah. so yeah. everyone else is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but your match was garbage, Moolah. <laughs> um, moving on, next match we got is, uh, oh, the one and only flag match, I believe, mm. in the history of WrestleMania. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of first and onlys at this too. Yeah. Tease that just for later. testing the waters. Just yeah. seeing, ah, does this work? No, it doesn't. Yeah, Let's not no. do that again. No. Uh, we have Nikolai Volkov with classy Freddie Blassie versus... Corporal Kirchner. Yes. Of course, Nikolai representing Russia. Yes. And the Kirchner representing the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. Winner gets the opportunity to carry both flags out of the ring, if they so choose. I've never seen a flag match where they do that. They yeah, always yeah. just take theirs and maybe break one of the other ones or right. have to butt with it or just leave <laughs> it. Yeah. You have the option. That's that's the freedom of, uh, <laughs> freedom of expression there. Yes. It's a quick match. Uh, the only things of note really is the uh, over-the-top bump that uh, Kirchner takes with the post out to the floor. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Uh, of course, a a little uh, rewind, a little bait-and-switch from Mania 1, however you want to say it, reliving the Blassie bit where he tosses the cane yeah. into the ring, although this time it is picked off by the corporal, just barely. He, yeah, but he pretty much threw it directly at him. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But he still almost drops it. Yeah. Kirchner does end up with it at some point after a little bit of a uh, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Hits Nikolai with the cane, pins him, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So uh, no real point of it being a flag, but they don't even show that 
the the flag portion of it that much at the very end anyway. So no. kind of he just grabs the American flag and walks off. That's yeah. it. I think they're kind of wishing they'd have saved the flag match for Duggan later on. Yeah, but, yeah, Probably. that's what I think. Yeah, they should have done that at uh, I would say like Mania Six. Yeah. Like Canadian Earthquake versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. And then he and then the Canadian Earthquake actually gets to do the Canadian flag. What kind of reaction they would have gotten yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. That would have been interesting. That'd be cool. Anyway, I have always my what ifs. I have a I have a big what if coming up at four, by the way. Alright. And Chris, once again it's time for where are they now? Do a little Corporal Kirchner. Oh, he doesn't come back. <laughs> no, he does not come back. Matter of fact, uh, during 1987, he uh, tested positive for drugs yeah. and was suspended. You know, once his suspension was up, he actually declined his return yeah. and went out to Japan where he competed as Leatherface yeah. based off of the famous villain from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, eventually teamed up with his doppelganger as the Leatherfaces. <laughs> I guess they were feuding at the time, maybe. That was in the Wing promotion, wasn't it? Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, did Wing... He also did IWA, which I'm sure yeah. that doesn't uh, surprise you at all. Yeah. He was actually fired from the IWA and then competed in Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he started using the name Super Lane. Yeah. He is a, he's actually on some of those uh, FMW DVDs, like the American releases, the Tokyo Pop releases. Yeah. He was actually on at least one of those that I do have. And you actually have it as well. Yes. Uh, it's Super Leather versus Matsunaga in a Spike match. There's like spikes on the floor. Oh, yeah. Much like in Mania 2, I think there's going to be blood. Yeah. He, <laughs> Just guessing. The, but the few matches I've seen of him, I mean, he has a leather mask face, so he really doesn't yeah, get a chance to bleed at all. He just he, makes other people bleed. Yeah. So. But, you know... Um, but I, he did actually bleed in this match on WrestleMania. Yes, so. he did. Yes, he did. So. Uh, you know, and hey... Despite you know not having the biggest of careers, the fact that he got to wrestle guys like Jado and Gato and yeah. Masato Tanaka, yeah. that's definitely something to brag about. Yeah, uh, if you can remember wrestling Tanaka, I right. mean, <laughs> my God, man, um, he did retire full time in 2002. Came back five years later. Although, if you ask me, why? Why would you? But I guess you know. Apparently, the ICP has money. The last couple of times that he wrestled as Leatherface was for Juggalo Championship Wrestling, <laughs> which we barely mentioned on this show, and for good reason. <laughs> but that was the last place you could find him. So yeah. there you go. Corporal Kirchner, Chris. Well, that's the last place I'd look to. So. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to hide from us, don't go to Witness Protection. <laughs> right. Go to JCW. <laughs> I'll do respect to some of the really talented people that do compete for them every now and then. Yeah, we feel sorry for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, moving on. Match number seven. On the whole show, we got the 20-man battle royal with the crazy gimmick of pitting NFL football players and current ones at that yeah. versus the pro wrestlers of the time. Uh, what would you think they could pull this off nowadays, and would it be entertaining to you? Would you be enthralled? I wouldn't. With that? I wouldn't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> I really wouldn't. But back then, you got to remember. This was the height of the Chicago Bears' yeah. popularity: Super Bowl champions, the Super Bowl Shuffle. Yeah. What else can you say? It yeah. made total sense. To me, oh, this yeah. is one of the better uses of a celebrity. It was just a different time. Uh, I, well, I, was a, I wasn't, I was kind of into football. I played football when I was a kid, like in uh, uh, elementary school. Okay. And I was a big Refrigerator Perry fan. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So he, big time. He's, he's one of the all-time icons of the yeah. NFL. Uh, his stats speak for themselves, that's for sure. 
So he's definitely the star of the football players here, yeah. you know. And uh, you know they they bring in uh, you know Dick Butkus, Ed Two Tall Jones, even though they don't really do anything. Just yeah. the fact that they're there is. is I a found that thing. interesting that they were the referees. Isn't that kind of like putting it in the favor of the football players? A yeah, bit? You, you would think so. I mean, I guess they were. But it's also... it's a battle royal, so who really cares who the referee is or what they do? Yeah. But yeah, that there could have been something there to where they would help them out. But yeah. no, apparently they called it down the middle so much so you forgot that they were in it yeah. until the. Uh, I think Harvey Martin got really pissed when he got eliminated. Yeah. He turned into a madman for like no reason. Shouldn't you have been that aggressive in the battle royal itself? Right. You get thrown out, then all of a sudden he goes whack a loon. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. He's got a name like Harvey Martin. He's facing a guy named Dick Butkus, who has the cooler name. Right. Um, yeah, Too Tall could have done some more in there. Yeah. It's like those guys would have been better suited, I think, for uh, yeah. the battle royal, especially Butkus in his prime. Your dad's right. told us some stories about him. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and they threw in Ernie Ladd, the cat, as yeah. guest color commentator for that match, and he's he's great. I, I like him a lot. You could tell him and Gorilla get along really well. Yeah. But um, you know, as a as a battle royal, Chris, uh, does it uh, does it fit? I mean, do you, do you like the match? It was entertaining enough. Yeah. Yeah, and Perry needed to pull his pants up half the time, but God, yeah. <laughs> How did he make that happen? Was it was the thing supposed to go over the pants? I don't know. Is it, was a mess. Was he was still entertaining, though. Yeah. He like did the football, like the three point stance, and like knocked both the of the uh, Hart Foundation almost out of the ring. Yeah, at one that point. was a cool spot. Yeah, I uh, did the same to Stud. Yeah, so. and then of course Stud lured him in, got yeah. the elimination. I always laugh every time yeah. he gets eliminated. It, just, yeah. it makes me laugh. <laughs> There's a kid that like looks like he's trying to catch him when he falls out of the ring. <laughs> he's going for the save, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> He's like on the floor. I don't know yeah. if he's like underneath the barricade or what. I guess. I mean, this is the, this is the time when it was just like a little dinky. Yeah, it's just like the bar like a string. It's thing. a string yeah. separating the velvet string that separates yeah. the wrestlers. So from it the literally fans. looks like he's trying to catch Refrigerator Perry, and yeah. when he like falls to the ground, he like taps him on the yeah. on the back and like gets back. You realize if he'd have been two inches closer, he'd Perry would have landed on his head. Because yeah. the kid did die for him. <laughs> I want to I find out who that kid's got to know that it's him. Yeah. And where is he now? If you're listening. <laughs> to this if you know that guy <laughs> let us know but, but there I, is actually because it was like split football players and and wrestlers but there's actually one football player in there that kind of has a, a connection to wrestling okay russ francis he was a 49er at the time i believe all right when he's introduced they say he's following in his father's footsteps okay and yeah, so Gene says that yeah, yeah. so i had, asked you about that at the yeah time. i had to look it up but his dad was ed francis who was a former pro wrestler and he actually was a promoter out of Hawaii. Oh, wow. But in, I didn't hear much about Hawaii Pro. Yeah, it was uh, Polynesian Pacific Wrestling is what he ran. Okay. But in 79, he actually sold it to High Chief Peter Maivia. Wow, there's so, a connection right yeah. there. But then after Russ finished his football days, he played until like 87 or 8, okay. something like that. He actually became a wrestler. Oh wow! And okay. so he kind of he was in the NWA and stuff, and actually tag champs in in a promotion with his brother. So oh, wow, that's yeah. really cool. So, so and he was actually the last football player in the Battle Royal too. That totally. You know, I always wondered why he was there so late in the game, yeah. but obviously. So he, he grew had, up with it. He probably knew like how to handle himself. Okay, so yeah. I'm sure that's how he got in there, and I'm sure maybe they let him be the longest lasting, yeah. uh, you know, football player out of respect. Well, like you said, he kept going after Andre. Well, like he did. He, if you haven't seen that match in a while, when you go back and watch, make a note of that. Russ Francis goes after Andre the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he barely lays off of him. And that that's smart, actually, because it yeah. keeps him in the spotlight. Yeah. 
I, I did make a note that he's he is the worst dressed guy in that whole thing. Yeah. He's wearing like a Hanes white T-shirt <laughs> and black trunks or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He shows that all the pro wrestlers dressed like jobbers except for uh, uh, Freilich. Bill yeah. Freilich. He he yeah. looks like a bad guy wrestler. Yeah. He really should have pursued that. I think. Yeah, and he was the one that was doing the interview with John Studd and everything. He didn't do anything in the match. Yeah. He had a better interview than he did a wrestling yeah. appearance. But, yeah, he had that look, like a like yeah. really smarmy heel guy. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, so. he should have gone with that. Because I tell you, I've never heard about Bill, Bill Freilich until yeah. WrestleMania too. Yeah, <laughs> but we're talking about Russ Francis, like, nearly, like, what, 20-something years later. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm only, I'm not going to do where they announce on all those guys, obviously. But yeah. uh, I will talk, you know, of course, William the Refrigerator Perry, the star of the Battle Royal, uh, you know, on the on the football end, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, William Perry did get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame Celebrity Wing in 2006 and was inducted by John Cena, huh. if you missed that whole thing. So there you go. William Perry is in the Hall of Fame. Can't take that away from him. You know, you probably think listening out there, and I think you would think this also, Chris, oh, we got a lot of wear that now is coming now. But, you know, it's not too much. We only got about four. Yeah. So I'll try to make a brief. So, right. uh Start with Ted Arcidi here, uh, okay. built as the world's strongest man upon entering the ring. Massive guy, of course. Uh, you know that world's strongest man thing. They tried that a lot until yeah. they really hit that home run with Mark Henry. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically they would pit him against guys like Stud and Hercules. Uh, and you know, of course, Mania Two is probably the highlight of his career. They actually, this is the weird thing. They released him as soon as Kim Patera returned from his big injury. Mm. Because they were billing him as the world's strongest man, too. Uh-huh. So they basically got rid of him because of that. But strangely enough, it was supposedly Patera who got our CD signed. So <laughs> That's weird. That's a weird uh, twist of fate, isn't yeah. it? Uh, but the other cool thing, Ted RCD can also claim that he was in the initial run of the uh, LJN action figures for WWE Superstar line. Oh, yeah. So he's one of the first action figures that ever came out. That's cool. Just thousands and thousands of guys later, but he was one of the first. Uh, You know, I will say after he left WWE, I think he did some more interesting things. He went to Calgary, worked for Stampede Wrestling, and then he went to World Class Championship Wrestling over in Dallas. So that's two different sides of the world right there for pro wrestling, but two equally respected promotions, so... Uh, when he was, I remember seeing him when he was in world class, and they used to call him Mister Seven O Five. Why do you think they called him that? <laughs> uh, That's his bench press record. Uh, yeah, uh, he was managed by a guy you might know named uh, Percival Pringle the Third, aka <laughs> Paul Bearer. Uh, he was in his stable, and during the time that Arcidi was in the stable, uh, he was in with Rick Rude and the Dingo Warrior, and a guy named Cactus Jack Manson. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that seems like a pretty cool faction, even with our CD in it. Uh, he is a former Texas heavyweight champion. He won it on August 31st, 87, where he beat a fellow named Matt Bourne. Oh, nice. So, a little one and two tie-in there. Uh, he left in 1990, and then, you know, that was pretty much it. He did some appearances in the Caribbean. But here's the thing. Fast forward, he did make some acting appearances, Law & Order type extra work yeah. and all that. He was instrumental in the um, strength coaching of both Triple H and China, <laughs> and he assisted them in getting in with Killer Kowalski's school. Oh, that's cool. So Ted Arcidi actually is kind of an important figure in the yeah. annals in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. So there you go, <laughs> Ted Arcidi, world's strongest man, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, who else? Dan Spivey was in this battle royal, who I'm a big fan of. 
to me, Spivey is one of the biggest missed opportunities in American wrestling. Yeah. Uh, he, later on, of course, a lot of you might know that he wound up being in the skyscrapers with Sid Vicious, Sid, right. Psycho Sid, right. with Teddy Long as his manager. Uh, they had a they had a run. Vicious gets hurt. Spivey teams up with the future Undertaker, Mark Callis, and you know it's weird. Adding him, the skyscrapers went nowhere. Yeah. You know, of course. Callus gets signed later by WWE and all this stuff. After that, Spivey doesn't really do much, so he, like a lot of guys that had his look and bill at the time, go to Japan, yeah. wind up doing a lot of good, yeah. and it was then is where he met Stan Hansen, and they became this weird odd couple team for years. Like, yeah. you got the big bleach blonde guy, and then Stan Hansen. Right. <laughs> and then, the, but they had a good run with each other, and I remember Spivey was the guy that cost Lex Luger the U.S. title when Hansen faced him at Halloween Havoc 90. Yeah. I just pulled that one out of nowhere. Uh, he comes back to WWF at the time in the mid-90s, and he becomes Waylon Mercy. I don't think that has... I, it never had the ability, I think, to get over as a world title guy. Yeah. I don't know if they yeah. meant it to. Right. But it was weird, because I, I remember he was always a real intense guy. That was yeah. his thing. is a like crazy intense. He had the crazy eyes. Yeah. But then they make him this mellow, laid-back guy yeah. with the crazy eyes still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I think you have to be a pretty good actor to pull that off. So Yeah. Uh, in a recent interview, he wasn't aware of the now column with WWE.com mm-hmm. recently. Uh, he had a back injury that caused him to retire in 1995. They said that the original rumor is that, that Kevin Nash actually injured him during a match they had with each other yeah. like by giving him too many power bombs, which is why he was like, you know, I was already way hurt by then. Yeah. So he retired in 95. And now Danny Spivey lives in Odessa, Florida, where he runs his own construction company called Spivey Utility Construction Company Incorporated. Huh, that's cool. He had a little bit of trouble with the law a few years ago in 07. He had a DUI arrest. but And that was the last entry I could find him for a long time. Yeah. But I heard that he has gotten himself clean. So as of, he's like three years sober now. So that's good. good for you, Dan Spivey. Spivey, uh, I'm a big fan of yours, and I, I wish uh, you know American promoters would have done more with you. Yeah. I really do. Big guy, good ability. Yeah. Second guy in the U.S. Express succeeded Barry Windham. Yeah. That was that other big thing. He'd look a lot, a lot like Barry Windham in the that in Mania too. Yeah, you could see why that they yeah. would want to use him like that. Chris, there's three major, major old school icons yes. in this battle royal, and it's like they're they're kind of afterthoughts, but yeah. they deserve to be talked about. I mean, of course, Bruno San Martino yeah. is one and only WrestleMania wrestling appearance. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's not really his era anymore, so yeah. I guess he He's won. more of an attraction than yeah. anything else. And then you got Pedro Morales. Yeah. And you got Tony Atlas. Yeah. I mean, those, are, those are pretty important guys. Yeah. And they're just in this thing, and they have they don't really play a factor in it. I mean, yeah. Bruno gets a little bit there on Stud there, but Stud throws him bit. out right before yeah. the refrigerator pit. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these guys, man, it's just, wow. I mean... Where are they now on Bruno pretty much consists of Bruno talking shit about Vince for the last yeah, 25 right. years, so not really much to be said. What, what can you say? I mean, Bruno, yes, he is an icon. He's an all-time great. Uh, he's done convention appearances out the Yang. I think he's pretty much stopped doing those now, even. Yeah. And, you know, they keep saying that he's been offered the Hall of Fame, but he keeps turning it down, so yeah. who knows how that story's going to end, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so I'll move on from San Martino. I'll do respect to Bruno. <laughs> Uh, you got Pedro Morales, who is a guy who has stayed out of the spotlight completely in the last few years. Prior to WrestleMania two, Pedro Morales was one of the top stars in that company, Chris. Yeah. I mean, he was number two to San Martino because yeah. they thought, okay, the idea at the time was 
you know, Sam Martino is a hardworking, you know, working class Italian guy from New right. York. Right. And Pedro Morales is the working class, you know, Latino guy. Right. And so you got both sections of New York now yeah. with those two guys, and that was the whole idea behind yeah. that. I mean, uh, Morales... He was the first two-time Intercontinental Champion, and he still holds the record for most days when you combine them. Right. He's got 600-plus days wow. on his IC title runs. Uh, you know, but, but after all of that, he never won another title. Uh, he got to that advanced stage in his career. Uh, he, he fell out of focus. You know? they, yeah. didn't wanna, they weren't booking him as much in the mid-'80s when Vince started that initial run. Uh, you know, he competed in the first King of the Ring tournament in 1985. Mm-hmm. He's one of the first major ones. Um, but in the 85 King of the Ring, he beat Luscious Johnny Valiant, and then he lost to Don Morocco in the third round. Uh, the following year, he beat Rudy Diamond, Mike Rotunda, and Nikolai Volkov before losing the finals to Harley Race, which gave way to mm. King Harley yeah. Race. That was pretty much the last big thing he ever did in wrestling. Yeah, I just can't believe that's his only WrestleMania appearance, as much of an icon as yeah. he is. Uh, late 87 was the last time he competed as a pro. Mm. Uh, but, you know, what's cool is that uh, WWE had a list recently of the all-time greatest intercontinental champions. They have him ranked number nine of all time, so they're still, you know, paying tribute yeah. to him here and there. But that guy was such a big deal in his day. Yeah. He did do some Spanish commentary, too, in the 90s. I forgot okay. to mention that. Uh, and then he went in the Hall of Fame in 95. He was one of the first guys to get That's inducted. Cool. Like, yeah. Right after Andre, he was inducted. Yeah. Well, like you said, this when this WrestleMania came out, his era was pretty much at an end. So Yeah. So, but, uh, and then, of course, Tony Atlas, you know how much we love Tony. Yeah. Um, you know, I could do a big where are they now on Tony, because he did a lot of stuff after that. I yeah. mean, he was Mr. Indie Circuit for a long time. Yeah. He had that run back on the new ECW as Mark Henry's manager, yeah. the, the run we're always going to love him for. Yeah. Uh, you know, he gets inducted 2006 WWE Hall of Fame. SD Jones inducts yeah. him. We talked about that on the last one. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, he is a certified personal trainer now, so if you uh, cool. if you're out, I think I think he still lives in the main area. So if you're out there and you want to become a, a, a bodybuilder, or if you just want to get in great shape, maybe call up Tony. Yeah. Maybe he'll train you. That would be awesome. That would be cool. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on. Moving if we on. didn't mention it, Andre won the Battle Royal, by the way. I don't think we did mention that, but yeah. <laughs> well, that goes without saying, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, at the end of the day. Andre threw out both of the Hart uh, Foundation members at the very end. Yeah. What's with that anvil spot, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. He gives anvil the big boo. And then anvil, he like, like, has spins a... around and has a seizure and like finds finds the rope on the like other side of the ring and <laughs> kind of goes towards it and falls over. Yeah. And they used to show that, him eliminating Brett when he threw him on yeah. the anvil. They used to show that for years on WrestleMania Rewinds, and they don't really do that yeah. anymore. And that's Andre's real big crowning achievement uh, of the last, well, I mean, losing is also, yeah. you, can, you can also win yeah. for losing, so I guess his story is not completely written yeah. at this point. Yeah. But we're still not done with Chicago, Chris. We've got a world <laughs> tag team title match. Yeah. In Ooh. between that, we got they cut back to uh, New York, and they have Piper is sitting in between a Vince and a student St. James, and it's classic Piper again. Was, was Piper rubbing his nipples at St. James? I think he was, yeah. <laughs> Whenever she starts to talk, he just, like, pulls his shirt apart and, like, <laughs> just starts talking to her. It's uh, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's a great Piper promo, but you can't touch that first one. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he had, he had just had to carry Mr. T for four rounds. Right. So. But there's still one more match in Chicago. Yes, there's the Chicago main event. 
Tag Team Titles. British Bulldogs, accompanied by their manager, Captain Louis Albano, and Ozzy Osbourne as special yeah. cheerleader, uh, versus the Dream Team. Brutus Beefcake, Greg the Hammer Valentine, with Luscious Johnny Valiant. This is for the tag team titles. One hour time limit, Chris. Yes. I don't know if this one's going to go the distance or not. Because you got to get Valentine the first 20 minutes or you right. don't get him. <laughs> so. No, this is a really good match. I mean, of course, the British Bulldogs, like, at the top of their game. Just oh, insane. Like, every move they do is, like, it's fast and it's perfect and it's powerful. It's just, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I really think this is the beginning of WrestleMania matches hitting that extra, you know, upper level yeah. of competition. It's just, it's fun, it's quick paced, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean. And not to take anything away from Valentine and Beefcake. I mean, they were. Yeah, they're pros. They were keeping up and they were. I mean, they're the best two of the greats. <laughs> yeah, if it's, I mean, just you just watch the Bulldogs in there, and they're just they're they're on a different level. Yeah, and I think Brutus definitely shows a lot of signs of improvement from his previous yeah. match at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's that's something that needs to be said because Valentine was already great by the time he hit the first one. Yeah, Beefcake seems like he was still learning, but he really gets he's really getting into that that heel thing really well. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, they, it's it's it'd be so hard to keep up with the Bulldogs. I yeah. can only imagine. I mean, well, they did the crisscross. I forget who it was, but someone was in there with a uh, um, dynamite kid, and they're doing the criss, or was it the crisscross? Or no, he was just like going to the side of the ring. He just like, I think uh, Gorilla said like at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Just, like, he could barely keep up to like do the next move. Yeah, I, I did find out doing a little bit of research. The Bulldogs had beat the Dream Team in a non-title match, so that's what yeah. got them this title match for the big event. Man, a lot of near falls in this one too. Yeah. I think that 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 always helps a match too for yeah. me. I mean, look no further than Steamboat Savage at yeah. three, but yeah. a lot of near falls, and the ones that I thought was going to be it wasn't it. Like yeah. there was uh, the Patented Power Slam yeah. by Davy Boy. They went for their uh, press slam into the splash finish, which was actually their finisher at the yeah. time, but that got blocked. Yeah, uh, it's it's just crazy. And and then the ending is as great as the match is. It's it's kind yeah. of a train wreck finish. Uh, maybe a little bit. It looks like because uh, I think it could have been better if the camera guy had actually gotten the fall captured on on tape, but they didn't. You know, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing for me is that to me it adds the extra oomph and importance if yeah. you actually catch the dynamite fall, but. Oh, kinda, I get what you're saying, yeah. He kind of falls off screen there. Well, there was so much going on. I think it was hard to... It was so fast. It all happened so quick. Because Dynamite Kid is the man outside the ring. It's uh, Valentine and Davy Boy in the ring. And Dynamite Kid goes up to, like, the, the corner, like, the top of the corner, like, on the top rope. Yeah. Looks like he's going to maybe do, like, like jump in, like, yeah. do an axe handle or something, like, whenever they come over. But instead, Davy Boy just, like, rams Valentine's head into Davy Boy or into Dynamite, Dynamite Kid's head. Dynamite Kid flies off camera. You don't even see him. He doesn't hit anything. He just lands on the floor completely. Yeah. And then uh, Davy Boy pins Valentine before Beefcake can get in there. Yeah. And you can so. see, uh, obviously, I think Albano knew something was going to go down because at one point he moves Ozzy away from the action. Yeah. That's one thing to go back and rewatch. So it was surprising. It looked like it, you didn't expect it because you didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. The crowd didn't expect yeah. it either because all of a sudden they just blew up because the yeah. three count happened. I don't think they were expecting that to be a three. Right. And then they just go crazy. And then, so the funny thing is, like, uh, Albano immediately gets in the ring. Yeah. Ozzy follows him. Dynamite Kid's out on the floor. You don't know if he's conscious or not. Uh, Davy Boy is like in the ring, just like laying down. He can't get up. Yeah. But Albano and Ozzy are in there. They grab the belts and they both hold them up on camera. <laughs> Your new tag team <laughs> champions, Lou Albano and Ozzy. Osborne. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And they even started talking for for 
the Bulldogs. They yeah. were like, we're the new tag champs. The acceptance speech. And, yeah, even Albano pretty much put himself over as the new yeah, champion. Yeah, he did. He totally said that. <laughs> and Dynamite Kid never even gets back in the ring. Davy Boy does finally get yeah. on the mic and and says that we're staying in America because we won the titles or whatever. Yeah. And you can you can t- yeah. And I, I said the reason the only reason he said that on the mic is because he had to remind Dynamite where he was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then like he kept looking outside the ring like I don't really want to be in here talking. I yeah. need to check on my friend. And so he, he takes off and gets Dynamite and they head out and I don't think they ever even hold the titles. I think no, Albano I, and Ozzy carry them the whole way. I never see him hold the title. It was just kind of weird. They asked Ozzy if he would return to the corner to help the Bulldogs yeah. out somehow, and he said, oh, yeah, totally. And, of course, he never seen him yeah, again. Right. <laughs> he probably didn't remember that the next day. Right. Probably not. Yeah, if you know Ozzy's history, he probably doesn't yeah. remember even being there. But, no, it was a great match. Like, really, really great. Yeah. Oh, we, we kid about Lou in that match, but uh, I'm going to do a quick where are they now on Captain Lou, because he does not return at all. If you can believe that. Yeah, that's he surprising doesn't to return me. to WrestleMania after this. Uh, he... Uh, that was pretty much his last real big run in pro wrestling. I mean, he did a few spots here and there. I remember them bringing him back in the 90s uh, to be kind of a guest manager for the Head Shrinkers yeah. when they actually had that babyface run, which a lot of people don't remember yeah. that they made the Head Shrinkers babyfaces. Even with Sika still managing them, they brought in Lou. And he was like, hey, if we bring in him, he's managed 19 World Tag Team <laughs> Champions. This is this will be his twentieth if he can do it, and if anybody can help us win the titles, it's him. Yeah. And that's what they did, and they won. So nice. that was one of his last big television moments. You know, Lou was a big part of that whole run, the rock and wrestling thing. He yeah. was in like three Cindy Lauper well, yeah. videos, and you know, he he got the ball rolling on this thing. Uh, Captain Lou is an all-time icon, you know, for for wrestling and. You know, I, those are really the main things I could tell you about what he did after WrestleMania two. You know, I remember reading, uh, it was about seven years ago, he said he had a heart attack, but then he recovered from it. Okay. But unfortunately, Captain Lou left us on October 15, 2009. He died in his sleep after another heart attack, okay. and that was it. Uh, Captain Lou also immortalized in a song by a college rock band, NRBQ, called Captain Lou. Go look that one up. <laughs> a lot of hardcore wrestling fans know that song, so... One of the all-time greats in the history of pro wrestling, Captain Lou Albano. Look no further. I've got it pulled up here, Chris. Look no further than the people he has managed in his career. He has managed Andre the Giant, Nikolai Volkov, Don Morocco, Greg DeHammer, Valentine, Iron Sheik, Superfly, Blackjack Mulligan, the list goes on and yeah. on. And, yes, uh, managed to 20-plus world tag team champions. Crazy. Yeah, he is. I don't think anyone's ever going to beat that. Uh, yeah. You know, a manager of 20 title runs yeah. for tag teams now. So he is the tag team manager guy. I always liked Captain Lou. He was yeah. always one of my favorites. And I remember him from WWF at the time, but I think I might even remember him better from Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> he's That for... is the ultimate where are they now for Captain yeah. Lou, was the Super Mario Brothers Super he's Show. He's forever Mario. Like, no one else is Mario. That's He is Mario. Oh, so. that's great. Yeah. Yeah, go go look up some of those episodes. I, I think they're on. I think they're on. They're Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, the whole series is like okay. the live action. Andy did the voices for the cartoons. So yeah. yeah, if you haven't heard Lou Albano sing the lyrical interpretation of the Mario yeah. theme, you must. The it outro, will, yeah, it will stick in your head. <laughs> I remember it to weeks. this day. I'm not gonna sing it, but I remember it to this day. Someday, will you do it on the show? Maybe. Course? Okay, that's a no. <laughs> All right, Chris, so that does it for Chicago. I mean, it really does. They don't even throw it back to him ever again. It's like, let's yeah. just, hey, what do you think, boss? What do you think, boss? Yeah. They just keep throwing it back to New York. Yeah. 
the lesser of the two booths from the first two, but uh, we go over to L.A., and, uh, you know, they always say that L.A. is the freaky town, so let's send it over to Jesse the Body Ventura on play-by-play, Lord Alfred Hayes on color commentary, and Elvira on color commentary and other talents. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you about a friend of mine, a big bad brother named Frankenstein, in a torn-up Armani-looking mighty fine. I mean, the brother was smoking, literally, sewn up with a needle and thread, put together with parts from the dead. Something put his nuts on the side of his head. What in the world were they thinking? Hi, I'm Elvira. I'm here in L.A. at the Sports Arena, staring at this giant steel cage. Right now, we're going live to New York with Susan St. James and Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan and the World Wrestling Federation title defense is a hoaxer. Squares off against King Kong Bundy. We will look forward to that as the main event emanating from Los Angeles. Any idea who's going to win? Well, the Hulk, come on, for sure. We've been putting this Hulkamania thing one day at a time. And now that we've got so many believers, so many new generations to follow, it's going to live forever. It's been proven by historical fact that every time King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan get in a ring together, that it's Hulk Hogan that winds up laying there helpless like a fish out of water. And it's Hulk Hogan that winds up being carted up in a hospital. And tonight ain't going to be no different, Hogan. We will also see, of course, Bobby the Brain Heenan at the side of King Kong Bundy. I wonder if he will be a factor in the matchup. Well, maybe he'll be a factor, but I don't have my doubts. No more Hulkamania, no more Hulk this, Hulk that. It's Bundy mania from now on. The world's biggest and strongest, toughest champion the world professional wrestling has ever had. Give me a break. What is the future of Bundy mania? It's zero. Never gonna happen. Bundy mania doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound very good, but we could very well get used to uh, King Kong Bundy becoming the next World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Stranger things than that have happened in the past. This is true. Elvira, for example. I'll tell you, Jesse, I've never seen so much cellulite in one place at one time, I don't think. Between the both of them? This looks like one of my horror movies that I've been showing on my show. Boys, Carla, Vincent Price, Bella Lugosi, and Poltergeist. Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and the Adams family. Pyramid Power. I like Elvira. Out of the female guest commentators, she is by far my favorite. Oh, Not that she necessarily adds much to the no. to, to the commentary. She has zero knowledge of the product. I, I just love Elvira. Yeah. So you, you gotta love Elvira. Yeah. We're red-blooded American males. Yeah. We love Elvira. Still to this day. Still. Yeah, a watcher on syndication still. Yeah, yeah. Like whatever you got, 2 o'clock in the morning on whatever... Something, local, yeah, some local your local channel. affiliate that yeah. likes to run syndicated stuff, she's still there doing it, so... Yep. Hooray, Elvira. That's my early where are they now, so... <laughs> uh, your ring announcer for L.A. is Lee Marshall, who a lot of you people might remember from the Monday Night War era. He was, uh, you know, kind of a in-the-background commentator for Nitro. He did a few shows on Nitro as a commentator. But mostly he was always the guy calling in from the road, which I'm sure he was in the building at the time. Right. He was like, Lee Marshall on the road report, you know. Right. So there you go. That same guy. He looks like uh, one of the guys from the Statler Brothers. I've always thought that. But, uh, anyway, uh, they just never get that booth working properly in L.A. L.A. sounds horrible. Yeah. It sounds like they're in a phone booth the whole time. And uh, it's, it's too bad because there's a lot of weird back and forth going on in it. Yeah. But we do start off with a, a wrestling match. Uh, Hercules Hernandez, officially, yes. versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yes. Uh, Hercules making his WrestleMania debut. 
a little cat and mouse action to start off yeah, L.A. It was solid match. I mean, Steamboat, it's always going to have a solid match, so. Yeah. And uh, Lots of deep arm drags. Yes. Hercules looking very much like a Viking even before the Berserker came around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a decent match, too. And uh, the only other thing I note I could think of was Jesse and Elvira making fun of the fact that uh, Ricky had uh, the little red uh, yeah. thing wrapped around like his Like a leg. bandana around his, like just above his knee. So, uh, that's the only other thing I can remember about the match. So, obviously, not terribly memorable, but uh, yeah. Steamboat pulls off the win yeah. two years in a row with the high cross body right. both times, and that's it. That was very similar to his WrestleMania yeah. match. Kind of, kind of forgettable, but still enjoyable when you go back and watch it. You're like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's one of those matches. So, if you're a brute heel wrestler with a beard... Uh-huh. Uh, then you pretty much have no counter for Ricky Steamboat's high cross body off the top rope. You're going to lose every time. Is that how that works? Is that why? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, Steamboat was profiling his opponents. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, well, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, Ricky's got better things to do next year. Yeah. So we'll talk about that on the next episode. Match number two, Chris. One of the ultimate get-up contrasts in WrestleMania history. I guess. It's time for Deliverance Mania. <laughs> Adorable Adrian Adonis, triple A, if you will, mm. with Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart on Megaphone and Siren <laughs> versus Uncle Elmer. Yeah. Not aesthetically pleasing no. at all. If you haven't seen this or don't know who Uncle Elmer is, he's a really big round guy in overalls. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need Country to know. Country bumpkin gimmick. He was yeah. in the same fold with Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. And, you know. But not as memorable or as good as Hillbilly Jim. And it, just to put you in perspective how big the old school wrestler Haystacks Calhoun was, hmm. Haystacks was about double the size of Uncle Elmer. Yeah. How scary is that? <laughs> right. But yeah, these are both very round guys. One's in overalls, one's in a dress with, like, weird, creepy makeup on. Yeah, so. and, uh, Adonis is wearing pink and purple leg warmers. Yes, he is, which they make noted that? in the commentary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they note that quite a bit, yes, this yeah. is true. So I don't have to repeat it. Uh, Adrian Adonis, uh, the guy is shockingly a great wrestler and was a great wrestler uh, in his day. when he, Back in the California circuit yeah. when he teamed with Jesse, he was one of the ultimate bad guy wrestlers. Yeah. I think I heard something about the fact that the, why he went this route is because he had gotten injured a lot. Right. And if you take this gimmick, you actually don't get hit as much as you think. Yeah. Well, he yeah. does a lot of bumping. But, but like you said, I mean, he was a great wrestler, but he doesn't show it in this match. Well, yeah, I He gets thrown around the ring and, like, over-the-top theatrics when he gets hit. Yeah, you're so. not a fan of that stuff, are you? No. I think I'm a little more of a fan of that stuff than yeah. you are, the over-the-top cartoonish yeah. aspect of selling. Yeah. I don't but, like it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I... I I like serious, realistic style, but every now and then I do like to turn my brain off. It's like movie it's, watching. I mean, when we watched the match, I laughed. Yeah. But I don't... It's I'm not going to rate the match very high because I laughed at it, you know? Oh, I totally understand. Um, yeah, so Adonis bumps his ass all over the ring, uh, and he gets on the top rope and does a sort of headbutt, sort of shoulder butt. It's <laughs> it's hard to describe. They, they have the camera on Jimmy Hart for like 10 seconds, as Adonis is like climbing, I'm like, why is it on Jimmy so long? And they cut back as he's just as he's jumping off the rope, and yeah, 
the commentators don't even know what to call it. Like, yeah. they say he's going for the splash, but then Hayes says, it was kind of a headbutt. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> what, and then he just pins him, and it's yeah. over, mercifully. <sighs> so that's all we, I think that's all we really have to say about that match. Yeah, I mean, uh, Adonis wins with a in incallable move. Uh, we will not be seeing Uncle Elmer again uh, for any of these future WrestleManias. Uh, after he leaves WWE, a few months after that match, actually, he goes back to Memphis, where he had worked before. Uh, he works for Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. Uh, teams with Lawler under the name Giant Hillbilly Elmer, where they went on to win the AWA Southern Tag Team title. I like that name better. They do. <laughs> and then later on, he won the same title with a guy named Cousin Junior. I'd like to see that guy. Well, actually, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Later on in the fall of that year, he won the CWA Super Heavyweight title. A lot of promotions didn't have a Super Heavyweight yeah. title, but uh, I guess CWA did at the time. Uh, he held that one twice, uh, dropped the belt two years later. So they probably didn't defend it a whole lot, I yeah. can imagine, or he just had squash matches. Yeah. This is something, this might be a WrestleMania record. Okay. Uncle Elmer has held 20-plus ring personas wow. during his career. That might be a record. Maybe. To check uh, Al Snow for that. Uh, yeah. Kevin Nash. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. I'll do a little bit more research on that. Uh, he was billed at 450 plus during his ring okay. days. Uh, I don't think this last part is going to be that much of a shock to you, even though it is sad. But Uncle Elmer uh, battled diabetes most of his life. Yeah. Uh, basically, just general poor health. Uh, succumbed to kidney failure on June 30th, 1992. Mm-hmm. So there he goes. The Ballad of Uncle Elmer. Yeah. Uh, of course, I think his biggest moment, actually even more so than WrestleMania 2, was the fact that uh, he did that wedding on Saturday night's main event. That was like oh. a real big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they were trying to do the like the Tonight Show Tiny Tim wedding. Right. That was their wedding. So yeah. that nature, the freak wedding. Uh, and then after that, I think don't they don't they cut to uh, Alfred Hayes and Hulk Hogan? Yeah, they do another Hogan interview. Thing. The same interview he did with yeah. Jesse, though. Yeah. He was the same gigantism headband. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, he doesn't really say much of anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that Alfred kind of cuts him off at the end. There. Yeah, he's Hogan's we've... still talking, and Hayes Hayes always looks worried when he does things like that. He's yeah. like he's not looking at the guy that he's interviewing, and he's, he's you can see his eyes dart to the side every once in a while. Nothing and, changes. Yeah, he looks nervous when he's in the booth. He's fine. Yeah, but I don't know. He's it's weird. In the booth. Yeah. I just thought he was an underrated commentator. Yeah. He used to do a lot of garden shows with Gorilla, so how could you... Yeah. I mean, he did very good there, and he used to do a lot of the uh, B shows on primetime. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he cuts. He does cut Hogan off at the very end of it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Need more of that. Not as much as Gene was in the in the previous <laughs> Mania, but... Yeah. That was such a cattle call. Yeah. <laughs> they probably did all those in like five minutes yeah. total. Yeah. <laughs> How, how quick can he get through it? And and to me, this next match. Now, I don't know if you're going to agree with me, Chris, but if you're looking for a true gem in the early annals of WrestleMania history, I think this is the one to take notice of. Um, Funk Brothers versus Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. It has no historical significance to it. Right. All due respect, I mean, it is Terry Funk's one of two WrestleMania right. appearances. But it has no historical value, really. Right. It just has good wrestlers, top to bottom there. Right. You know, I mean, say, JYD's your fourth best wrestler in that <laughs> ring. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it, it doesn't serve for anybody to win a title down the line or anything like that. It's just a good old 
crazy yeah. heels versus faces tag team. Match. It was a really good match. Yeah, it was almost, very very entertaining. Yeah, almost early elements of a little hardcore. Influence. I was going to say it broke down at one point. There was tables and chairs involved, not to the extent of they do, or they did like up into the nineties and everything, but yeah, they were still. It was still interaction with it. Yeah. So. I remember the first time I watched this match. The first time I saw a lot of these early WrestleManias was around 89 or so, my yeah. first major year of fandom. Yeah. And Terry Funk, at that point, was at the height of his drunken madman persona right. when he was feuding with Ric Flair. So yeah. I remember seeing this and going, wow, he hasn't changed. <laughs> he's still crazy, and he's always been crazy, yeah. apparently. So well, this, yeah, he was, like, raging and, like, throwing chairs in the ring before the match even started. Even started. So. I love his swing and a miss. Even yeah. if it goes, he's swinging at Jimmy Hart yeah. at one point. And, but uh, obviously, he's like swinging like seven feet up in the air, so you, you know he's not going to hit anyone. So I think it also a true credit to everybody in that match, especially the Funks. This is one of the few times I'll ever say this. That match barely needs Jimmy Hart. Yeah. When you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, the megaphone is involved yeah, in the finish. Yeah. But Jimmy is like probably just watching them half the time it right. seems yeah. like so um i remember and uh, i can remember elvira saying uh that she actually she seemed to have a thing for tito in that match because yeah. she was like i like those tall dark and handsome guys yeah. and then jesse of all people yeah. says now elvira <laughs> you have to be unbiased in these things <laughs> well that's what jesse was great at that i know so so, uh, did you like the finish at least? Do you think the finish took away from the match, or do you think that's I don't perfect? I think so. I think it was perfect for what it was. It was, uh, Jimmy Hart threw in the megaphone to, uh, Terry Funk, hits JYD over the head, cleanly gets it out of the ring, yeah. and gets the pin. I mean, it was smooth, it was perfect, and it fit exactly, so. Yeah. You needed that good heat before the main event. Yeah. They did a great job at bringing that crowd to life, yeah. I think, for LA. Yeah. I think they did a lot, a lot there. So, and not the best, like technically, but as far as like entertainment and like pro wrestling, it was. It's hard to fault it. Yeah, yeah, really, really good stuff. And like I said, I think this is the um, probably my favorite match of the early WrestleMania era that has no historical significance to yeah. it at all. So yeah. I know that we base a lot of our match rankings on that. Yeah. But I will make a little exception here and there when it comes to stuff like right. this. We'll see where it winds up. Yeah. Teasing that match list for later. But we have, I have, where are they now? Of course, it's like a lot of these other guys I talked about, like the ones in the Battle Royal. He was billed as Haas Funk in right. the match, but this is Dory Funk Jr. This guy, just just go look him up on the internet, seriously. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a couple of things about him, but this guy has had a career and a half. Uh, you know, pretty much this actually wasn't his last major appearance for WWE. He came back at the 96 Royal Rumble. There's a fun fact for you. But his thing, really, I think his true legacy is as much of a trainer as it is as a wrestler. I could give you, I'm going to give you the list. This is pretty (laughs) much the master list of his highest ranking students. How about a guy named Edge? Christian? Lita? Kurt Angle? Mickey James? Yeah. Jumbo Saruta, Bob Backlund, Ted DiBiase, uh, Test, Matt Hardy. Okay, it's sliding a little <laughs> bit. Delirious. Yeah. That's a recent one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Trainer of the stars. You yeah. can definitely say. There's a lot of guys that have schools that probably put themselves over as a trainer of the stars. Right. But Dory Funk Jr. is legitimate yeah. there. So, And you're going to love this, Chris. Much like the Funks just are, his retirement match. 
was four years ago. <laughs> Did he really retire? I don't know. <laughs> I think Terry is actually... Still going? I think he's retired now. Oh. I need to find out. Because when we get to where are they now at WrestleMania 14 for Terry yeah. Funk, I'll find out then. I'm not going to... I don't think Terry's ever going to fully retire. I almost kind of refuse As sad as that is, I mean, because he needs to stop. I don't think he will. Who knows? We love you, Terry. And, and hey, of course, the the, the happy ending to the Where Are They Now. We were there, 2009, WWE Hall of Fame. The Funks went into the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so. That was a great moment. I'm glad we were there to witness that. You know, I was super excited for that. Love the Funks. Yeah, but uh, next up's the main event. But in between that, we have another Hogan segment. Yeah, and this is there. He's like training with Hillbilly Jim and some other guy. I don't remember his name. Oh, the doctor guy. The finger quotes doctor guy because yeah. he has his ribs taped up and. Yeah, Russ Francis had more of a build. <laughs> and he's going over, and he's got like this, like hundreds of pounds of weights on this barbell strapped around his neck, and he's doing these pull-ups. And and Gene is like, well, isn't this, like, bad for his back? And the doctor was like, I don't know, maybe. We got Dr. Scholes off uh, camera here. Oh, wait, whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm not even going to edit that because it's true. He's like, yeah, he looks pretty strong, so I don't know. Like, it's good. Uh, whatever. It was just a very, it didn't need to be there. Do you, can you imagine that going down in this day and age, Chris? I mean, yeah, they do video packages where yeah. they build up a match now, like you know, your WrestleMania main event. Yeah. Like they did so masterfully last year when we were there for Miz and Cena. Yeah. That's a good video package. This thing over here, can you imagine, yeah. especially in this day and age and the cynicism and the social media, yeah. if they'd have done that with John Cena, yeah, right. you know how many people would just be like, yeah. I'm throwing shit at my TV. I'm yeah. even watching to get it. Well, I like John Cena, and I would groan during a segment like that. And I, yeah, I, exactly. I do too, and it would be a dumb segment. I yeah. mean, it was just like, let's get to the freaking match already. Yeah. You know? At least Bundy had a good, I liked Bundy's interview, actually. Bundy's a, a good talker, yeah. Yeah, if Piper hadn't been in to steal the show on in promo land, yeah. Bundy would have easily won that, because he was kind of. I like how Ventura's like, oh, your beautiful face is going to get, uh, hopefully it will not get damaged in the cage match. He's yeah. like, Jesse, that's not going to happen. He's, yeah. like, he's just calm, but he's also intense. He kind of pulls he's very, both things. He's very eloquent in the way he speaks, and you yeah. wouldn't expect that from a guy that looks like that. Yeah. Bundy's like, I want to give you some $10 words, but yeah. i got to kind of stay in character <laughs> right. here. So, you know, he's a ladies' man and a brute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's the it's the cage match, and the, the celebrities come out just like they did at WrestleMania one. Albeit, no no disrespect on a lower level eh. than WrestleMania. Yeah, well, yeah, Dude, we went from Muhammad Ali, I know, yeah, and Liberace, and, yeah. yeah, to Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, I like Tommy. <laughs> There's not a lot of guys that can say I managed the same ball club for 20 years, yeah. and he did that with the Dodgers. So that's yeah. pretty cool. He's got three World Series titles, I think. Yeah, and he's a big deal in sports, obviously. Fine ring announcer, you know. Yeah, that's fine. He did a good job. Robert Conrad's there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, if, if for those of you who don't know, Robert Conrad was the star of the Wild Wild West television series. <laughs> so he's the original James T. West, my friend. <laughs> but he's just there to ring a bell yeah. and do nothing. If he even did that, I don't know. It's it's like maybe maybe he had kids or something and they were into it. Maybe that's why maybe he's there. So. I, I don't know. I know Ricky Schroeder was a fan. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Shorter was the other guest timekeeper. Yeah. Two guest timekeeper. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, Ricky Shorter. 
massive TV star. Yeah. I was big on Silver Spoons at the time. That I watched it. On. Yeah. Yeah. Did NYPD Blue later. A lot of people yeah. forget that. He did 24. Yeah. He had a recurring role on Scrubs. So he's like one of the Mr. Television guys from my generation. Yeah. You know? So he's there, but he's obviously a fan. If you notice, those of you at home, go back and watch this part. Whenever Bundy gets in the ring and Schroeder's there, Bundy looks like he's going after Schroeder, like he's going to impose in front of him. Yeah. But then all of a sudden he just kind of turns away, pats Ricky on the shoulder, and Ricky actually turns to him and smiles and laughs. So it's just like Bundy damn near broke character yeah. right before his big match. It's <laughs> just kind of funny to me. I, yeah. I, the first time I noticed that was on this last viewing we just yeah. had. But, of course, Real American plays, out comes the Hulkster. Yeah. Doing a good job at selling the rib injury. I mean, they did the yeah. video package yeah. of Bundy injuring him on Saturday night's main event. The crazy... Caesar shaking of Hulk Hogan as the multiple splashes and avalanches ensue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, visible tape, which I know you're a fan of. Hey, whatever. <laughs> we have that back and forth. Does it sell the rim injury? Well, they know he's already injured. Yeah. But the tape puts the bullseye on the ribs. Does it make it realistic or not? I, hey, it yeah. sells it to the fans. Yeah. Uh, and, and not a terribly long match. I think it's actually the shortest main event. Yeah, it wasn't that long. History. See if I can pull the clock up for that. I've got it right here, Chris. I mean, it was it was enjoyable. I mean, I liked the match. It was just kind of short, and you know, looking back in history, it's not as important as some other main events. Yes, and according to the nerd clock here, as I like to say, uh, yes, the Funk match was longer by a minute and a half. Wow. This cage match lasts from bell to bell ten minutes fifteen seconds. Wow. That is the shortest Mania main event. Easy. Uh, but, you know, I didn't hate it. I thought it yeah. was an entertaining enough match for what it was. Um, what do you think? I'm the same. I mean, it was a Hogan match, but yeah. it was a, a typical cage good match. Hogan match. Yeah. Going back and forth, you know, I'm going to hit you with the cage, now I'm going to hit you with the cage. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, he teases the body slam. He doesn't get it the first couple of yeah. times, but then he gets a power slam. I like how they sell the running power slam as a body slam. Yeah. Like, it's Bundy's momentum that's carrying right. <laughs> this thing over. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. Uh, yeah. The leg drop, uh, Hogan goes for the gusto by climbing the cage instead of going out the door. You know, yeah. You do a little showman well, thing. You always got to do that, yeah. And then you got the little um, Bundy tries to... <laughs> like you were mentioning earlier, like, every time Bundy tries to go over the door, it like, he can't move. He, like, yeah. freezes up as he gets to the door. But when Hogan is climbing over the top of the cage and gets to the floor... Bundy is just, like, out of there. Yeah. Just like he, as soon as the bell rings, Bundy gains so much ground, yeah. he almost tied him. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, do, 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 do. and he's out, and he's out. But, but yeah, it was too little too late. It was, it was fine. Yeah. You want to know something crazy? In a lot, I don't know if a lot of people realize this. Do you know what makes that match more unique than almost any Mania match ever? What's that? It is the only 100% steel cage match in the history. WrestleMania. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, I don't count Hell in a Cell because that's a different kind of cage. Yeah. They've done that once, too. But this is the only cage match in WrestleMania history. Bam. Right there. Huh. Because we've had a couple of Hell in a Cells. Right. But no steel cage climb out or get pinned steel cage match. That's it. Hmm. It's neat. Yeah. Because they used it for other pay-per-views to help them. Yeah. Big events like Saturday Night's Main Event, we've had cages in there. Yeah. But they never I guess not. pull the steel cage card for WrestleMania. It's interesting. Yeah. And, and being a main event at that, 
We'll see if that ever changes, but I don't know if they'll ever really yeah. go that route again. You don't always necessarily need it, you know? Yeah. Further proof. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this match and the way the feud was, it really called for it. Yeah. And if you were a super believability that Hogan would have dropped the title. Right. Because they had every excuse in the world for him to drop right. the title here. Right. Still didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe it's a mistake. What do you think? Do you think, um, uh, do you think that they should have maybe? You think they... You think it would have just gone down the crapper if they'd have dropped it off Hogan? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. It's hard to say. This many years later, though, you know, yeah. it's hard to judge. Like at the time, looking back in history, I think it would have been weird if he had dropped it to Bundy, but they didn't know at the time, you know. So would have been nice. I mean, yeah. Bundy never held the big title. Yeah, and I think he he deserved been. it definitely. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I think. And uh, and good for Bunny for jumping up the card so high from yeah. one to two. I mean, I think yeah. we noted that on the last special, yeah. but he went from like the second match of the night to the main event. Yeah, you know, not bad, not bad. So, before we get out of here, Chris, it's time for the match ranking. Yes. And uh, I know we've both been keeping track. We debated this before we went on the air. Yeah, there were a few that we were trying to like, eh, this or this or this. So. Yeah. And like I said, once again, and I will just go ahead and say this every time, we base it not only on the technical ability of the match, but also historical significance, general entertainment value. All those are major factors. Yes. So, Chris, what have we got here? Let's start, of course, at the bottom of the list. The bottom would be the ladies' match, just for short, short, weird finish that's hard to... I just don't know what happened, so... Ladies match. Uh, next match was uh, actually the first match on the show, the uh, oh. Morocco versus Orndorff match. Yeah, the double count out. Yeah, it was well, just. I can't believe that wasn't the worst, but you know when you compare it to the ladies match, yeah. at least they had a little bit of a match to get going yeah. to make you almost care about the finish. Right. Yeah. Third match from the bottom was the flag match between uh, Volkov and Kirchner, just because okay. I mean there just wasn't Another a whole lot one. there. Yeah. yeah nothing. Next match was Uncle Elmer versus Adrian Adonis. Yeah, we, we which, almost we almost kind of debated back and forth with this one and the next one over where those should be because... You wanted to. I, I was <laughs> slightly more entertained in the match, but I could see, uh, you know, I didn't care about it so much that I couldn't say, okay, let's put this yeah, one higher. Yeah, come on, the finish was inexplicable. Yeah. I, I, I think the reason for the finish makes it not as good as the next yeah. one, for yeah. sure. The next one up was the... Uh, Jake Roberts versus George Wells. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, George Wells kind of owned the match, and then yeah. Jake got the DT and won it. Yeah. So it was kind of like, whatever. Like we said, but, it was kind of like a TV match. Yeah. But, but the wrestling was still pretty decent. Yeah. You know, George Wells did some pretty cool stuff in there. Yeah. Exactly. Next matchup was the boxing match, the main event from the first segment. Yes. Because it's a it's a chore to watch. Yeah, and despite all the historical significance yeah, of it, the which fact is that it's what the, it, that's probably what boosted it up yeah. as high as it is. It's only one of two boxing matches in the history of WrestleMania, yeah. and the only fake one. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know fake is disrespectful, but the other one is infinitely more entertaining. <laughs> really. And you is. can watch it like ten times in a row, and like really <laughs> never get tired of it. It's one of my favorite. WrestleMania moments yeah. ever. But yes, this one, Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, it's just, man, it's a chore. It's, that's, just, that's as high as it could possibly yeah. get. Yeah. Every time I, like, take a break and then I watch it again, like you said, I always think it ends earlier than it does. It yeah. just keeps going. Because you want it to. Yeah. You want it to end in the third round. Yeah. But it just doesn't. Yeah. 
next match that beat out the uh, boxing match was the Hercules Hernandez versus Ricky Steamboat match. Yes. Which, I mean, it's yeah. a solid wrestling match. It yeah. was entertaining and not historically significant, but like we said, it's just like, oh, yeah, that was good. Ricky can get his matches up there in the rankings just because of yeah. how good he is, yeah. and, and it helps. Like I said, he's not going to get historically significant yeah. until the next episode. Okay, number five, Chris, what do we have for number five? Uh, next up is the Intercontinental title match. Uh, yeah, George Steele versus Randy Savage. Yeah, I think some of the lack of technical ability hurt the ranking of it because it's very historical. Yeah. And fun to watch, it's rewatch fun. it. yeah. There's flowers and and foam and all sorts of and, stuff, and but uh oh, instead of a my, <laughs> lots of uh ohs and come on, Georges. But, yes, but yeah, so we know that Randy's gonna have much better things on the way, and not to say this wasn't good, but yes, tune into yeah. the next episode. Yeah, <laughs> but not yet. We got more right. matches to go. <laughs> next match up in it's actually the fourth best match on the show was the twenty man battle royal. Okay, yeah. So football right. versus wrestlers. Because it was battle royals are entertaining. I like them. I, I do too. And you know, I I probably said this before. There's not enough battle royals at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, I think it's I think it's a lost art, yeah. if you will. Right. But it, it makes sense. There's always so many guys that don't have a spot every yeah. year. Give them the battle. It's royal. fun to see some of them in there. It was fairly short. I mean, it's and it was entertaining. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the fact that Money in the Bank was tradition for so long. Right. Battle Royals need to be tradition. And they, it yeah. should have something attached yeah. to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the number three on the card, which I don't people may find this controversial, I don't know, was the main event, the cage match for the title versus uh Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. Yes. Just because, well like you said it was shorter than the previous match and it was a Hogan match, you know. Yeah. What do you so want? yeah, it was good, but Hogan's got more historically significant. Yeah, exactly. Looking back historically, it's like, yeah, he had a he beat Bundy. I mean, whatever. Yeah. He, it was just another bump in the road for his carrying that title. So yeah, for the three years, a very time. large bump, but because yeah. he's a big guy. But, yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was still a okay match to watch. Yeah. Ranking three at WrestleMania is nothing to be upset about. Yeah. <laughs> But he might really hate us to yeah. put this number two in the I don't really care. Who cares? <laughs> the second best match on the card, you can probably guess, was the Funk Brothers versus Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. Yes. Just because, like you said, entertainment factor was just out of the ballpark. And actually, I mean, like you said, they did touch on stuff that would happen, like, in the coming years with the outside-the-ring shenanigans and things like that. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And Terry Funk stole the show. I yeah. Mean, he, he did. Really, really. And then, so that does leave the tag title match, the Bulldogs versus the Dream Team, as the best match on WrestleMania 2, just for sheer technical awesomeness. And We have a title change. Title the change. Only title, the yeah. only title change of the night. Yeah. So to me, that, that makes it super significant. Lou Albano's last match in uh, on WrestleMania. Yeah. Ozzy, I mean, the yeah. icon, the Prince yeah. of Darkness. Just everything about it is just... Fantastic! It's fun to watch. It's significant. Yeah. Ce- celebrity guest. Yeah. So all around best match. There you go. Love it or hate it. That's our match listing. If you think otherwise, send us an email because this episode is over, Chris. So yes, if is. they want to complain or praise, <laughs> how can they reach us? They can do that by going to our website at cnjradio.com and email us at whs at cnjradio.com or just go to our Facebook and message us over there, which is. Also linked from the dot .com and Twitter. Do that too, because I check that sometimes. Yes, sounds good. 
Well, thanks a lot for joining us on the WrestleMania House Show number two, What the World Has Come To. Two. All right, thanks a lot. We'll see you on three. I know you're looking forward to that one. <laughs> Who doesn't love three, Chris? Uh, I don't know. Who doesn't? Non-fans, I guess? I guess so. I don't know. All right. Anyway, have fun. We'll see you on the next one. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now.